Blue Tiger Revenge, brought to you by... Warning, you are now entering the Blue Tiger 10, the intellectual dark web of comic book podcasting. Revenge is upon you. Hit the music. That's right. I saddled up that tiger and I rode deep into the desert. He man style, master of the universe. And that's when I knew it was time. Time for another episode of the Revenge Tour. That's right. Blue Tiger Revenge. We're here. We're back from our travels abroad. I am comic book creator Tad Galusha, feeling fresh and fancy. From the desert air of Nevada. Was I abducted by aliens? I don't know. But I'm a comic book creator and I'm here. And with me is the man, the heart and soul, the king of beards. Fresh from his dominating performance at the PDX Con... What what do you call it? Rose City Comic Con. Where he just rubbed devils with the comic elite. Big Brian Bales, how's it going, Big Brian? Well, you know, fresh from uh, fresh from the Rose City Comic Con floor, and uh, you know, now I'm in now I'm in those airwaves, you know, right right in your ear holes. So that's what we're that's here right. for. That's what we're here to dominate. I was in the desert, man. You were in the desert, Las Vegas. Sun, sin, and secrets. <laughs> Nice. I like it. I like it a lot. Uh, I, we were there for work. Uh, uh, doctor wife was there for a convention because she is somewhat still weakened from her brain aneurysms. Yeah. You get That's, I mean, solid excuse. Solid excuse. Weakened from her, uh, her brain surgery. I got to take yeah. along as muscle. And, as you do. Uh, as I do. And just worked out of a uh, Hotel room for uh, a week. It, I'll tell this is what I'll say about Vegas, man. It's good for like three days. Yes. And then once you hit that three day mark, it's like, get me the fuck out of here. Like people would go, oh, how long are you here for? And we're like, seven days. And like, convention? And I went, yeah. And they're like, oof. Oof. That was always the response. <laughs> no one was like, oh, cool. They're like, oof. Yeah. Yeah. Time leave man what day on day six? Oh, one more day <laughs> thank god thank god <laughs> you're a regular there but you were a regular at the hotel from that point they all knew your name they knew your food pretty order much. they knew pretty much they knew pretty much it's like olive but garden it was man. Good. Here your family so that's right we're family you know it's like olive garden when you're here you're family that's literally what Which i just said <laughs> yeah i know <laughs> It, the Olive Garden actually part cut out, so I just heard your family. That's oh. why I went with Oh, it. okay. Good. <laughs> Good. Yeah. I'm great to know that uh, already, right off the bat, our uh, recording uh, is just on fire. And, and you know what? I just got a new router, so that's all, that's all you. You need, to, you need to go upstairs 
You need to assert your dominance. Well, I need to move. I need to move. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, uh, my name is Andrew Tate, and you know you just have to go uh, up there and do your dominance. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let me let me pull that on Doctor Wife right now. Do yeah. it. Hey, get off the internet. As a man, I need I need I need priority. <laughs> I need the bandwidth. That's right. Yeah. What a, you know, he's kind of disappeared. I haven't seen much of him on. Uh, oh, I old. see him everywhere still. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, uh, Andrew Tate. Weird how that guy just came out of nowhere and just took the internet by storm. Yeah. 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 Fuck that guy. Well, you know what the scary thing is? Is the chodes who believe him? Are, well, not that is. So many people are figuring out like his what he what he was able to do, you know, yeah. like his marketing scheme so that he was able to. And I guarantee what you're going to see is you're going to see corporations start doing the same thing for like ad products. I mean, we're already bombarded with ads, but yeah. you watch you're going to see certain products that are just going to just now, take over for like a month. Yeah. And, and, you know, speaking of ad products, like I don't know if it's because I'm going to be 37 in a couple of weeks but like all of like my Facebook and Instagram ads are all for like uh, testosterone. Apparently, apparently Meta <laughs> thinks I have low T. <laughs> your analytics know, are figuring out that you're 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 almost there for a midlife crisis. That's yeah, I'm almost there. <laughs> you're almost there. <laughs> oh my gosh! All right. Well, this is a comic book podcast. So it is enough with the. Bullshit. Let's get right to business. Tiger business. Fresh tiger milk. Serving it hot. Okay. There was a shit ton of trailers that dropped from Marvel this last. uh, There was. But but, one of them. Well, well, hold on. I don't want to. I want to. I want to wait. Oh, for. I want to wait because. He's ready. Our guest is ready. Ladies and gentlemen. Jeez, oh, where is he? About damn time. About damn time. I know. I know. It's about time. But you know, uh, you know what it is? It's these musicians, man. Yeah. It's these musicians. They like to show up like late and be like, oh, I'm the cool guy. Hey, yep. bro. <laughs> That's exactly wow. what it is. Wow. All right. Let's bring him in. Here we go. Check one, two. Wow, do you hear that, ladies and gentlemen? You heard the sweet, sweet sounds of our, I guess you could say, guest introduction. Well, we, guess what? We have the voice. We've got the voice. <laughs> the voice. The man. Matty K. He's here. In the in house. The tiger Den. Just spewing that fresh, hot milk all over the place. Mm-hmm. Matty K. What's up? Yeah. How's it going, buddy? <laughs> you know. The, the revenge crew. We're finally, it's finally time for revenge. Yeah. Uh, when I heard that voice, I go, "Who? Who is the? Who's in charge? Uh, there's some angelic choir that they hired to do uh, to do some song about tiger milk." And then I realized it was me. It was, it was you. Your boy. <laughs> wow. It was your boy, Maddie wow. K, all along. That's right. It must have just felt so great. And and we're also it like you know what? What's it like being famous on the dark web? Hmm? 
the intellectual dark is, web. Yeah. This is the um the what about the intellectual dark We're web? We're the intellectual dark web of comic book podcasting. A comic book pod. Yeah, yeah. I I, I get a lot of clout from that, mm-hmm. you know, from being related to the show. Mm-hmm. But it the it is the intellect <laughs> <laughs> It's the dark web, so that doesn't translate to real life very well. Yeah, well, people people will come up to you and be like, "Yeah, oh, so you're 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 part of that intellectual dark web." They're just killers. They're assassins on the microphone. So, yeah, wow, <laughs> those guys are they're assassinating like, it. They're like the Andrew Tate of podcasts. It's amazing. Oh God. <laughs> Oh, you know what, though? Well, we did like the Andrew Tate of husbands, right? That's what we really are. Ooh. Let's get down to business. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. I'm not. I, I won't yeah. claim that. I won't claim Me that. fucking neither. But you know what I will yeah. claim? I will claim us just dominating in the in the only way that Blue Tigers do. We went to Rose City Comic Con and we completely dominated it from start to finish. Okay, I want to hear every shred of detail. But first... I want to know if you guys saw the trailer for Werewolf by Night. I did. Yes, I did. What'd you think? Because Bry, I know he was like a little like, oh, God, Jesus. No, 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 no. Not true. Not true. (laughs) Not true. I think the trailer looks great. I was disappointed when you look at the classification and its its classification is a comedy. That's where I'm disappointed. Hmm. That's a weird classification, right? Because I didn't get that vibe. Like, there will be some, like, I think classic cheese. Sure. Uh, and I'm from, good like, with that. 1930s horror. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I did not get the comedy vibe. But then again, it's just a trailer. It's a 30 seconds long. Right, yeah. The campiness of a 1930s horror movie put into something like Werewolf by Night, that might be part of the classification. But so much Marvel it does feel like they're cramming funny book jokes down your throat all the time. You know, everyone has to be quip and wise while they're fighting Ultron's, you know, cyborgs. Yeah. Yeah. It's nonstop with these things. So even serious moments, they're joking around all the time and I don't need that. I ain't looking forward to werewolf by night. I love, I love the Halloween, you know, Absolutely. TV movie season. They did it and in I, black and white too. Right. Yeah. And I, I, I'd be lying if I didn't tell you that um, I'd be lying if I told you I didn't get on eBay and start looking up Marvel Spotlight two, three, and four. Those first Werewolf by Night appearances, I did, I did. Of course. Well, that's why. That's I why I bought. I, I would. That's why I bought uh, issue one of Man Thing. As soon as I you saw that trailer, had to get your hands on that man thing. I love a good man thing. So, <laughs> hey, I've known this guy his whole it. life. He's had his hand on Man Thing uh, for decades now. It's true. It's true. I knew it. But yeah, man. I love me some Man Thing. (laughs) I thought the trailer looked great. Uh, That's my only, that's the only thing that I'm disappointed about was just the classification. But, you know, hey, they could surprise me. It looks, it looks really cool. Yeah. I'm kind of wishing. Because Rob Zombie's got a little Netflix flick coming out soon, and I'm really wishing he would have handled it with the same kind of style. Well, I think he tried to. No, I mean black and white. Oh and yeah, yeah, yeah. Color. It's. I don't know. Well, it's just we're of course. Like shit. Uh, you know, we're in the golden age of streaming. Yes. So 
golden age doesn't always mean solid gold good stuff. It just means it's ample. It's everywhere. It's all the time. And so we're going to get some shit. We're yeah. going to have some hits and misses. Yeah. And what is Rob Zombie but an entire career of hits and misses? That's <laughs> when he point. hits, baby, when he hits, it's solid gold. That's true. Yeah. I mean, I will respect a guy. I don't like a lot of the stuff he does, especially the last, I'd say, decade or so. But I will respect a guy who's like, listen, I'm a monster kid of the 70s. Right. I love classic horror, even if it doesn't translate to today's audience. But I'm still going to fucking right. slam this it down. my bit. Absolutely. Throat. I'm yeah. sticking to my bit. And is, are, are, is what you're talking about the monsters? Re- yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 It was okay. something that I think originally they were like, oh, this is going to be going to theaters. And then when the footage came out, all of a sudden it was like, oh, monsters doesn't have a home. Every it got dropped. Oh, Netflix picked it up. And then you saw the trailer and you're like, yeah. Okay. Oh, I, see it. I can see it. Yeah. Yeah. It looks like it looks like a really nice like recording of a theatrical performance. Yes. If that makes sense. Sure. Like that's a high school the theatrical performance. But that's based on a 90 second teaser, right? So sure. he could he could yeah. still pull it out. But you know, yeah. Lords of Salem suck shit. Uh, I could barely finish well, it. Well, my thing is is people forget in the eighties they tried to I think it was eighties, late eighties, early nineties, they 90s. tried to reboot the monsters. Yeah. And with the original the problem cast. Is it, well, no, they had a whole nother cast they brought in. Oh, that so not the movie in color with the cast. So there was the movie in color, and then that did okay. And uh-huh. so they tried to do like a TV show, and it went like one know, season, and they canceled it. Obviously, they probably just buried it on the you know because it didn't do well. But the big problem was it, it was in color, and it just lost whatever kind of magic. It, I mean, you can't recast the original cast anyways. It's hard just because yeah. Yeah. And, um, but like the color versus the black and white, it just doesn't sell the same. Like, I think that, that black and white man, people need that. That's how you get that like classic Hollywood universal feel. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You need that black and white. I I couldn't agree more. And speaking of black and white, as a bunch of big chunks were from that, you know, if we're just kind of free flowing here, freestyle wrestling this app, I went always. Oh, yeah. Like Cammy, man. Like Cammy style. Yep. Yes, sir. Clerks 3. I went and saw the Fathom event of Clerks 3 last night at the uh, Cinemark Theater and? down the street. Oh, I'll lay it on us. Uh, you know, I'll just do a, a brief review. A brief review. As Kevin Smith evolves and changes as a filmmaker and how he delves into podcasts and comic books and all this stuff, sometimes he misses big and sometimes he hits big. I'm going to give this one a big hit. Oh. It was heartfelt. It was full of his his more recent campy like, you know, carnival barker shit that he's kind of gone into post dogma. Yeah, but it's it was really good movie, man. It's a great fucking flick. I was I'm stoked to, to see, see it. it. They went back and of course it's it's, it's meta as hell. It's they they go back and they make clerks in Clerks three, you know, and so they're showing you a bunch of Clerks footage in Clerks three. It it is. That's it's really a nice cool. ride. That's really cool. I can't remember. Did Kevin Smith do Mallrats too? He yep. did. He did. Do they, they have because they always seem like Clerks and Mallrats kind of had some tie-ins. It seemed like yeah, there's some Mallrats Easter eggs in Clerks Absolutely. Three last night. 
So I think the only way you can see it is if you go to like this week's Fathom events at your big Regal or Cinemark or whatever. Yeah. Or you catch him on tour. He's touring the movie. And um, we did that last time. We went and saw his tour at Elsinore Theater in Salem when he did Jay and Silent Bob reboot. Now that was like over the top campiness. Yes. Not nearly as not nearly as heartfelt as what I saw last night. But it was cool to see it in person, to see it in a big classic theater. Yeah. And it's it's neat when the creators I once went and saw years ago the Trailer Park Boys when they launched their network. Oh yeah, they had uh, Sw- SwearNet the movie, and they were touring with it, and they mm-hmm. came to Portland, and I went and saw them there. And it was interesting because everybody wanted them to be the Trailer Park Boys, but they were just being like you know themselves, like Mike and Paul and and Rob, and it was very. Uh, yeah, it was interesting. It was they were not digging the crowd because like people were literally throwing bricks of weed at them, and they were like, Dude, "We're just here to like promote." The, uh, yeah, like they, wow. they exited it. I caught them exiting and, the side up through the side exit. It, and that was before the one of them passed away, right? Oh Did, yeah, yeah. Uh, Leahy wasn't the guy who played Leahy. I can't remember his name. Yeah, he, he passed away. Yeah, okay. yeah. He was a lot older. He just then people realized he was pretty old, and I think he got. I think he had cancer or something, but I don't know. It's really sad. I guess uh, one of the reasons that is not done. That ties in. That ties into Clerks Three, man. There's there's a whole like getting old and dying concept because Homeboy puts is, you know Art Flex life. Yeah. Homeboy has heart attack, and so he puts his heart attack in the movie. Oh wow. Oh really? Wow. Yeah, I, I highly recommend seeing Clerks Three as soon as it comes to VOD or running down to Anchorage and seeing this Fathom event. You know, running over to yeah. Tacoma or Olympia, whatever. Yeah, I, I encourage it. All right. Yeah, I'll definitely check. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing it for sure. Yeah. Tad, you really got to speak up, though, man. We, we're having a hard time here. What do you, you mean? You can't hear me. Oh. You just got to. You got to. You got to like that mic. You have to like eat it when you're talking. So really, put it on your lips. That's, that's better. Now, more importantly, how are my levels? Am I? You're good. I sound. You you sound fine. You damn sound right. Fine. I'm I'm sick. Okay, just give me some. You're fun. damn right. <laughs> so <laughs> um, you, all right. You want to get we into could Rose really City? unpack Rose City Comic Con. Yeah. Um, but before yeah. we do, ca- catch me up. Uh, you know, Bales, how's your week been? What's going on? Oh, uh, it's been good, man. Just been working. Oh. Uh, you know, sent off my two two of the books that I bought. I sent them to get cleaned and pressed, and they're off to. Uh, CGC after that for the uh, McFarlane signing. The Todd father. The Todd father himself. Yep. You've already submitted. I have till November, right? Oh, it has to be there by November 11th. So, sure. yeah. plenty of time to get to awesome. narrow down my selection. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. But that's that's pretty much been my week, man. Just just work and then that. So, nothing. And then uh, Milkman in his red Oni Press t shirt. Yep. We don't, we don't need to mention. In his red uh, Portland uh, production house T-shirt, there we drinking go. a what That's is that? A Monster Energy? What do you got going there? Some garbage that you. <laughs> I don't like Monster, but the Ultra Sunshine. It's fucking. It's wonderful. It's beautiful. Like, are you, you like? What are you, you like? talking into the side of the microphone? No. Yeah. Now see, and now you sound better. Is that better? <laughs> It's a lot better. You gotta, you oh, gotta probably, yeah. be better. I mean, wow. Sorry, guys. Jesus. Sorry. It's like we haven't been be doing cool. this since 2018. But <laughs> all right. 
All right. Yeah, just make sure we're recording, Bri. That's all I'm gonna say. I don't make know sure what you're talking about. Listen, recording. listen. If this becomes another the lost episode, you and I, of which there's been at least you and I both know that the deep when you're the intellectual dark web of comic book podcasting, the deep state gets its fingers in what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And that's this what it was. Actually been technically three lost episodes. I knew it. I fucking knew it. And it has nothing there to do with the episode. deep state. It has to do with your Cheeto fingers. You got to hear that. There was an episode we just never released. There was. I, I believe well, I, I know what I'm talking about. Part of one of them. No, the one that we did with you a few years ago, it was because my computer was shitty and it mm. didn't, it wasn't recording. Okay. Yeah. There was another one though that it, the interview, we'll just say we had a guest on and they're the fable South so fast. Yep. That we just were like, for everyone's interests, we're not going to. Yeah. Because not only was the episode just not good, but the guest just came off. Like when you listen to it, he did not. Like, I'm sure he's a nice guy, but yeah. on the episode, I don't know if it'd been a long day or whatnot, but he came off not sounding like a nice guy. Correct. And so we just decided we shelved not it. to air it. Yeah. We just that's, shelved That's it. different. Though that's post production being like this ain't this doesn't need to see the light of day. Yeah, we're not having any technical problems. We're recording, right? We're rolling. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And Bry oh, even edited the my mom. shit out of it. Yeah, <laughs> Bry edited the shit out of it to try and salvage it. Like he spent a whole week on this. I thing. did. It just and it and it just was. It was too. Um, I don't know. The guess we had just it didn't matter what we asked. Or he was very adversarial. Yeah. And we're like, kind of like, why are we doing this podcast? Like, why are you? Suck. It was weird because yeah. we were very excited to have the guy on, especially yeah. when he worked so hard to save it, to salvage it. All that extra work still goes to nothing. That yeah. sucks. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we. It was Bry's call. He just was like, yeah, we're I'm just going to get rid. We're just going to shove this bad boy. Yep. That's he's probably, exactly. He's probably got it somewhere in a hard drive I, someplace. I, ooh, do I? I probably do. I probably do. Probably yeah. do probably best to delete that bad boy yeah it's the only time we've had a problem with the guests where yeah. it was kind of like dude why are like literally during the interview it was like why are you it, here yeah it was like why are we sitting here doing this and i think i i think i even said to him i was like you know we don't we can shut this down if you want if you want to go and the, the guy was like no 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 let's keep going and we're like okay yeah and if yeah. you say so <laughs> exactly yeah, exactly was, yeah it was weird it was it was a very strange, um, and it was a fan requested guy too. We'd were getting yep. mail, yeah, and, we, and we'll never interview yeah. Brian Michael Bendis again. <laughs> wow, <laughs> it was not. I don't it think Brian Bendis. Michael Bendis knows hey, we exist. I heard. I don't think he knows we exist. We're fooling Tiger Cubs. We're pal- We're clowning around. We are. We are. Yeah. So yeah, yeah man. We Things have been good. Hey, I didn't get to answer the question. Oh, I'm right, sorry. Please. I'm trying to talk about Comic Con like the like the Cubs want. But yeah, let's talk about you, Tad. Let's talk about you. Yeah, let's talk about me. Uh, I've been in. I was in Vegas all week uh, for a comp. My doctor wife had a conference. I think you were there for yeah. UFC 278. Is what I think. Well, that worked out. You know, it was really. Let's talk about the UFC for a second because okay. that did go down while I was there. I'll tell you. Sideline doctor wife. Let's talk about UFC. <laughs> Well, she, well, it was interesting. Cause like, she was like, if you want to go, go to it. And, um, I was like, obviously it was sold out. Yeah. There was no tickets available. If, unless you want to drop like 500 bucks, which I don't give a shit enough to drop. Yeah. Kind of money. 
Yeah. But how and about that attitude you know from her? As if Dr. Wipe wasn't cool enough already. He's like, hey, you want to fuck off and go to a big UFC event? Well, here's the big secret with her. She used to be a big UFC fan. She used to love that shit. But she right. knows way too much about head trauma now. <laughs> and also the brain aneurysm thing. Uh, so she was like, yeah, I'm not. I'm out on all this. That's I, fair. I know too much about the neurological system where all that kind of stuff. She's like, I think it's great that people like it. But if they only knew the kind of damage they were doing to themselves. Um, so fair enough. But she, so she actually was like, go find a place to watch it. And I was like, oh, I'll go watch it in one of the, the bars or the clubs. Yeah, dude, just the stand at the bar. You had to guarantee that you were going to spend anywhere from 150 to 160 per person standing at the bar while watching the fight. standing room only. Yeah. If I wanted a drink table, minimum. Oh, yeah. If you want a table, you're talking like 250, 260. So I ended up just watching it at the, uh, oh, I, I'd say you guys a photo. I was just sitting in the hotel room yeah. watching it in our suite. Yeah. yeah. You sent a provocative photo of you watching a bunch of shirtless men. That's what I That's remember. Right. Hey, there's no shame in, <laughs> there's no shame in on Blue Tiger Revenge. So, you know. Yeah. You know what? I loved every second of it. Yep. Uh, but you know what's crazy? The energy, man. The energy in Vegas, like about yeah. around Wednesday. And then when they had that whole thing happen Thursday and they changed the fight card, dude, people, you'd think people would be mad all this money, but people were so excited. We're like, yeah. oh my God, we're actually going to see a good fight, not a, yeah. a slaughter. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, fascination. That was Friday, by the way. Oh, Friday. Yeah, that was okay. Friday. It was, it was and a then 23 and a half hour kept, shuffle. And then, like, apparently I had just missed Nick Diaz at some point. He was real close to where we were staying. And oh, wow. I ran into a bunch of guys in the lobby and they were like talking. They were young guys, like probably like 25 or something. They were all like freaking out. Like, oh, and I'm like, what's up, guys? What's going on? They're like, dude, we just got our picture taken with Nick Diaz. He was like right over there. And, you know, showing me all the photos. And I was like, oh, that's Nick cool. Diaz, it was, people were just fired up, man. Like, it was exciting to be in that city, even if you weren't going to the event. Everyone awesome. was invested. That's cool. Um, yeah. It was cool. It was, I, I very rarely have been in a city where there was a sporting event where you could really feel the energy and people were fired up for Nate Diaz and Tony. Like it was, well, not, maybe not so much Tony, unfortunately. Um, I kind of felt bad for Tony. Um, but man, the Diaz brothers, they're might not have the best records the last few years, but my God, um, they're the champions of the world. They are <laughs> entertaining. They are definitely entertaining. That's for sure. Any, uh, any gambling to hit the strip or see a show? We did see a show. You saw, you saw a weird fucking show. <laughs> you <laughs> yeah. sent me videos. <laughs> I saw a weird fucking show. We went to um, this thing called Lost Spirits. And uh, if you're in Vegas, man, I highly recommend it. Okay. It's uh, rum tasting mixed with various like cabaret shows. And so uh -huh. what it is is like you go into this thing and it's like a maze, right? And it's all set up like an old... Um, Half an escape room. <laughs> kind of, but it's like it's like an old like wooden carny town. And, uh, and you're walking through it and there's all these like hidden areas, and that's where you can find the rum tasting. And so you get like you sign up for how many types of rum you want to taste, right? You can go, you know, unlimited. We just did the basics, so it's like yeah. try their four get your four rum drinks. And it's just straight like a glass of rum, right? So I was fucked up by like glass one. 
as you're wandering around, they have various cabaret shows that are starting up. Um, uh, you know, some of them are funny. Some of them are real sexy. Uh, and so I think they have like five or six shows that you would just wander around getting these, your drinks of rum and finding these shows playing. And they had like, it was all very like kind of, uh, they had like the, the carnival Barker, like, Oh, get ready for this. She was just kicked off of YouTube. The <laughs> sexy blah, 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 blah. You know? And it was cool, man. Like the shows were awesome. Uh, and it's, one of them was really funny. Yeah. Really that, nice. one was, that one was pretty wild that you, yeah, that you this, sent me. this gal came out. She's very like dressed like classic Vegas style. Like she's got the big boa and stuff. And uh, they're playing this kind of like classic music. And she pulls out like this plunger and then she sticks it on the ground. And the way she's gesturing it to it, you're like, oh shit, am I going to see some kind of like Tijuana show? Like this is going to get crazy. <laughs> and then it does not turn into that. All of a no. sudden she like flips her dress over and she's got the, she's got these giant googly eyes on her ass cheeks. And she takes the, the the plunger and flips it around so the mouth of the plunger is like lips, and she's got it between her legs, so it's like a mouth. And nah. then she and then like basically she si- uh, sings the Duhas song. Um, it was hilarious. Oh, holy crap! It was intense. Like there was so there was like real funny shows like that, and then there was like there was another show like this gal that was doing like all this aerial stuff that was just like we were like Jesus Christ! Like it was really impressive. In every single way imaginable, you know, that your imagination, Cirque du Soleil style thing. Yeah, yeah. So you hear that, Cubs? You get the vocal stylings of Tad describing all that to you, knowing full well that there's video evidence that could end up on the Blue Tiger Revenge YouTube, and it won't. That's correct. It won't. It it, probably correct. It will not. It will not. What what are you trying to say, Bry? Oh, I mean, it might, but I doubt it. Do you want it on the- I'm trying to say who needs it. You've got a wordsmith in the milkman spitting it out to the masses, and that's, that's the way it needs to be consumed by the Cubs. That's correct. That's right. That's how we do it. That's so I feel it. like we'll talk about our experience with UFC 278 as we break down, you know, the I, I sequential so. order of the weekend. This, what do you think? What I think? This is what I think we should do. Because- what do you think? I don't think a lot of people like fi- like MMA or fighting that listen to this podcast. Yeah, who so who, who I, cares about Ron Garney or uh, Nate Quarry and yeah, well, you're right. That's true. That's true. <laughs> maybe we maybe ahead, we do have like an MMA. I was gonna say, why don't we cover the comic, the the Rose City? Okay. The your guys's ma- massive tiger hunts in the forests of comic book craziness, and uh, and then we can get to wildness that was UFC you got seven. That's the plan. We can do that. Okay. We can do that. So yeah, man. I mean, we were there all three days. Um, you know, I think we started our day off a little light hunting and then, uh, Matt checked in with, uh, Carl Kiesel, which was pretty cool. Got, got some stuff signed by him. What'd you get signed by him? Now is it Kessel or Kiesel? What does he say? I think it's Kessel. Is it Kessel? I think it's Kessel. Okay. Maybe Kessel. Like you do the Kessel run in, in the galaxy far, far away, and he also draws your comics. Yeah. There you, um, there you go. So I had him do Superboy issue one from his 94 run on that. Superboy issue 13, which is King Shark as in his first time ever being a part of the Suicide Squad. And then I had him do his Captain America news strip comic, all three, all three issues of that. 
Yeah, we knew you'd like that. The two Superboys I didn't have, but I found one of which you did was issue zero and issue nine. I would have loved to have get him to sign one of those if I had a copy of one of those, but I found issue nine in after the discount, pretty much in a dollar bin. Uh, because wow. I like comics was having their crazy 70% off. I finally found first appearance of King shark Superboy issue nine out in the wild, baby. Swoop. Caught that one. That's great. That wasn't until Sunday that's night. Probably, that was days later. That's probably worth some shit now. You bet your sweet ass. It is. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> um, yeah. So that was Kitzel. Yeah. And then, uh, we went to the, uh, Billy D Williams panel after that, which was, really neat just to kind of hear him talk about uh one of the things he talked about was how he was a painter and uh how the galleries in new york have his paintings which i thought was really neat um know that ted i did not know that yeah i don't know much about old billy well here's what you think of when you think of billy or here's what i think of he's in you know 70s stuff he's in brian's song um he's lando talks Nighthawks, of course. Nighthawks. Harvey and Dent. And then it kind of the one of the crown jewels of that is Harvey Dent in the original 89 Batman. Yeah. And then from then on out. Was he really? Isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know He was that. supposed oh, to be Two-Face oh, before cool. they. Uh, uh, before they can't dumped, dumped. Yeah. Before Keaton walked. Keaton and um, oh, uh, Tim Burton walked away. Dude. Yeah. But from that then on out. Him- yeah, we don't we don't think of of too many more Billy D. Williams roles. More of him just kind of playing himself because that's what he doing did. Cameos yeah. as Billy D. Williams for the next thirty years. Yeah, the the one doing thing the that voice I voice of Lando. Yeah, he and and anytime you hear the voice of Lando, it's always been Billy D. Williams. That's what they one of the things they said at the panel, which was really cool. Um, and then uh, what was great was because someone asked him like, uh, you know because Colt 45 was just so, so iconic, such an iconic commercial and asked him what he thinks about it now. And he was like, what do I think of Colt 45 beer? That's a good American beer. And it was awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Um, works every time. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, I actually got to ask him a question and, uh, I'm going to play it for you, but what's up? I'm just hoping that it's what I I threw something at you because I was like, change it up, don't make a Star Wars. No, I wasn't. I wasn't going to in the first place. But uh, there's there's a little quip on my on my audio here because I thought it was the end of the question because he didn't really say much. But Matt kind of stepped in and and saved the question. So there's a little bit of a mm-hmm. there's a little bit of a blip on it, but uh, it still plays out pretty well. So you guys ready to hear the uh, the Billy D? Uh, back when you worked on Nighthawk with uh, Sylvester Stallone, was there anything that you were able to take home from the uh, from the set of that? Just good memories. The memories. We had a lot of fun working together. Awesome. Thank you. Share some. <laughs> Keep up with him. He was always in top notch uh, shape, and uh, so one day I, yeah, he was moving a lot faster than me. So I stopped the scene and I said, could you just let me move ahead of you? Anyway, he was, uh, and he's still really in uh, fantastic 
condition. I used to work out, uh, I, although he's not here in uh, Cal, he's not in California anymore. I think he's in uh, Tennessee now. Um, Gunnar Peterson uh, and Stallone used to work out there. And Jimmy Kong used to work out there. So I saw them uh, periodically. Very cool. Thank you. Yeah. So that was, that was Billy D. Um, Dude, that's awesome, man. Yeah. Like, well, cause you know, most people are just going to be like Lando questions. That right. Was, that was probably that's most of them, awesome. but it, it, it was yeah. Matt. Cause like when he was like good memories and I, I like, I didn't want to be the guy who just was like, kept asking question after question. Cause there was a line of people behind me. So I was just kind of going to let it go. <laughs> and then Matt just yells, share some, and then share some good memories. Yeah. So that yeah. was great. He he saved that question from kind of being a lame duck question. And that yeah, was, what you did cool. in your what you did in your editing was kind of cut out the like the rigmarole of like what did that guy yell out? Oh, share some. Yeah, you know that got a rise out of the audience. They all laughed. They were like, "Yeah, would you please share some?" Yeah, yeah. You you can kind of hear in Billy D's voice like dude's eighty four. Yeah. You know he he doesn't quite sound like. 81 Lando now does he no uh 1981 Lando I should say yeah but um I I found it remarkable to learn about him and to just hear the dude talk to hear the stories from a guy that I found iconic like that yeah and then have that extra level to find out that he's a New York guy he's a New York City you know born and raised guy and I think that really informs all of his roles and then what really just warmed my heart to death was that he's a fucking artist. Yeah. He is a painter. He thinks of himself as a painter as much as he thinks of himself as an actor. Yeah. That that really, really That's opened my mind to like life is long and we can do whatever we want to do. Yeah. That's very interesting. I would have never I would have never known that he was uh, a painter, but probably made out really well painting, especially if he's like in that New York scene and he's already got a bit of a name. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just as like a, an art person in general. Yeah. yeah. Great work yeah, on that talking- clip too, Bales. That was the first time hearing it since he said it. Yeah. Did he, uh, did he talk about how he got started? Like, was he a theater guy? I th- Cause like New York was like at one, I, I mean, think he did go theater, to a, but- he did go to a theater school. I believe, I believe he said yeah. that. His high school was a musical arts. That's school. right. That's right. It was like a back in when you could grow up and go to a just a primary school, a high school that had like a major as a part of it, you know. So he came I out with in, like. Yeah. I think in New York, they still have a lot of those. Because like I've known people that like they only went to art school their entire life. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> um, cool. Yeah. And then from there, we just. uh we kept we kept hunting, man. We 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 like we went pretty hard, and uh, Matt Matt went down to Ron Randall and uh, got a couple signatures off of Ron Randall. Which would you get signed by Ron? How is how is old Ron? Yeah, I'm I'm pulling up the video evidence here because uh, I, I really was going autograph crazy this weekend, you did. like I haven't in previous and years. You, and you you and Randall kind of geeked out a little bit. You have a like kind of a cool story uh, chatting with him about the. Uh, the, the what if that you got signed by him. Yeah, we, okay. So thank you. Thank you for that refresher. So he did Marvel. What if I can't think of the issue number, but it's what if Wolverine fought weapon X. And so on the cover what? is it's the Barry Windsor Smith looking weapon X with the helmet and the claws. 
and then Logan with like a knife, you know, uh, claw that he's holding in his hand because he doesn't have his popped claws. He's just like holding a knife. And I remember getting that issue as a kid off of the spinner rack at the convenience store in Longview, Washington, across from the Monticello Hotel. And I read the shit out of that. I lost it to history, but I picked it up at Rose City last year when I remembered it existed. And then when I learned that it was former BTG, former Blue Tiger guest Ron Randall on that art, I had to get it signed by him. And we talked about how it was like an exercise to like, how can I most perfectly copy Barry Windsor Smith? And honestly, if you look at the issue, he just about nails it. Ron's one of those guys that's full of surprises because like, He's been around yep. for such a long time that he's worked with so many like high level and just like kind of interesting books that kind of gotten forgotten a little bit. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's amazing. Like Trekker. I, I uh, pulled Trekker from a dollar bin years ago, you know, a forgotten book, even though it's a dark horse issue one and that should freaking mean something. Yeah. I pulled Trekker one from a dollar bin and I kept it in good condition. I got it signed by it. And eventually, I'm going to have it clean, pressed, and slabbed because it does mean something, to yeah. at least to guys yeah. like me. Yeah. yeah. It was great. So that was that. cool. Castle and, was um, so fired up. Yeah, Randall. And that was just yeah. two of the many signatures we got all weekend. Well, you got you and you and Jeff were really signature hunting. I didn't have I didn't. Oh, you know, I, that's not true because uh, that Friday before we went and got, uh, we stopped by Mark Russell. So we chatted with, uh, we chatted with him. And yes, then, um, Mike and Laura Allred, so they all signed uh, both of uh, both Matt and I's uh, Superman Space Age issue one. Um, yeah, that was Friday too, wasn't it? Yeah, we were really trying to knock them out early. I didn't want to be waiting in lines all weekend. We did end up doing that a little bit on Saturday, but well worth it. Well worth it. And who, not even who really. did you wait in line for? The 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 one and only man, Jim Lee. Yeah. And the it, only Lee at Marvel that was ever worth a shit. No, I'm kidding. I'm wow. kidding. I don't. Matt, you're wow. a little loud. Just FYI on my. I'm, I yell. I'm yelling, baby. Okay. No, I'm just saying in comparison with, with Tad, because he's quiet right that's now. That's a good debate. That's a good debate. Stan or Jim, who do you take? Right. Who's the Lee to right. invest in? I finally got Randy Emberlin to um not not to negate your question, but that's an impossible no, no, no. question. Oh well, yeah, yeah, yeah. What you're proposing cannot be answered, so I refuse to acknowledge it. Even though you know, Bry had a question that we'll probably have to get into. We are. When I was in Vegas, he was like, "Oh, we should do, we should do this," and I'm like, "I can already guess yours. Like, it's undoable. We can't. There's no too many yep. heads that would be on that mountain." So I get anyway. I um I get Randy Emberlin to autograph some amazing Spider-Man's he inked on. I think that was a, a time well spent. Yeah, would you get like three or four of them? Because Mr. Emberlin does charge for his signature. I, you know that's no secret. What? And he's he at does, every yeah. convention ever. He's at all of them. How but much? that was really cool. I was happy to get that from him. It was like 10 bucks and then 20 for yeah, certain awesome. issues. Yeah. That's not bad. Yeah. Starlin was 10 uh, when he came through years ago. But that same year, Mignola was zero. Mignola was happy to, to meet you. So, you know, each guy kind of has their own. Am I in this for the money or am I in this for you to admire 
my drawing of uh i think you have to find that good balance though like i got no problem with guys making some money you know happy to pay it happy to i, I would also say some guys made out probably a lot better where they don't necessarily need that extra change like Mignola's got an entire franchise and division, yeah. like imprints behind him. Right. He walks away. He's still making money where these other guys, you know, they were like kind of blue collar dudes. They did their thousand pages and then they're like, I'm right. retired, but I still would like some ch- you know, change for my mm-hmm. labors. Absolutely. And they're not getting, and they're not really getting probably much of royalties off of, especially the eighties, nineties stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, anyways. And, and then a lot of it was just spent hunting. Like uh, my list of what I wanted just totally blew out of the water. Like I, 90% of the shit that I got wasn't on my list or ended up on my list later. Like the it one, happens while you're at con. It does. You think of either real keys that you don't have that you want, or you start making up headcanon keys. Yeah. Think books that are important to you that, hey, well, now I'm at the con. I can probably pick it up easy and cheap. So yeah. you end up getting way the, more than you intended. The, the one book that I went there looking for was Marvel Comics Presents 79. And that was the only Weapon X book that I didn't have. And mm-hmm. I, I ended up finding it Friday while the guy said, hey, I have it at my shop. Um, I'll pick it up and bring it back Saturday. So he did that. Um and then kind of everything else was just, you know, just just extra goodies that I found, you know. Wow. Yep. I had quite the goodies haul as well. And, you know, we won't we won't get into all of them. But, you know, finding that King Shark, that Superboy yeah. 9, that was yeah. huge. Uh, and I got some old Kirby Fantastic Four. You know, I, I got some cool shit this year. It, it wasn't until that it, we did that Kirby. We went to the Kirby panel. And then in the middle of the Kirby panel, I went out and bought like four Kirby books because I was like, yeah. I need more the Kirby. Kirby. Light bulb went off in yeah. your head. I Ding. need more Kirby. You know? Is that what is that what got you to go after um the Demon series? Yeah. From DC? Yeah, Demon okay. and then uh OMAC, uh New Gods. I picked all of those up. So Yeah. Some of your colleagues on that Kirby panel really, really sold up King, you know, King Jack. And uh, mm. we all, to a man, we all went out and like made sure to get at least one extra curve. Even Jeff did. He went and got, uh, uh, he, he picked something from Seeker's Eye comics and pulled another oh, cool. key. Yeah. You know, when yeah. I was in, in school, that's what they start you with. They give you pages of like first year um, when they're teaching you how to ink. They would give yep. us like 11 by 17 sized um, pages of Kirby pencils, and that's what you cut your tooth on. Now, that's how speaking, you like, now, really now, Speaking of inking, we were told a pretty mm-hmm. great story, and you confirmed this for me um, about Jeff. I know a lot about this guy because we actually had a, an entire class talking about this gentleman, like a three-hour sure. yeah. discussion when I was so, – here. At the right, it, we sit through an hour and a half panel. We think we're Kirby geniuses. I know you can speak on. Yeah, it. you and, can go. No, so maybe a lot of also I heard is like guys who worked with him. So it's like it's secondhand, but it's also like there's a little bit of like that myth, you know, like yeah. a little bit of like well, oh, yeah, the, the myth. The myth goes that Kirby was not a fan of his inker because his inker True. would erase details or erase characters that they that he didn't want to draw or didn't have time to draw and kirby wanted them to get rid of this guy they tried to get rid of him but apparently he was mobbed up a little connect vince 
Vince Coletta. That's who you're talking about. Yeah, right? and and was like hired back within a week or two. But the rumor is that somebody paid pub, the editors a visit um, to get him he was, back he on. Was, he was notorious for being bad, but the reason why they actually stuck, kept him around, I don't know if it, he like pressured Marvel, but the reality was is back in those days, right? They're putting out like what I think Marvel's putting out like 150 pay, 150 books a month or something, right? Because like sure. you know we didn't have the internet, right? So it was right. just just hammering every week the newsstands with new books. Yeah. So mm-hmm. there was no shortage of work. And the thing about Vince was, or Coletta, was that he was so, he was just really fast. He wasn't he could good. Do it he was just really, really fucking fast. So he could do like two books at the same time in a fucking day or something. Right, right. And, and so that's was, why they kept him around. And, did, yeah. and you told me that they kept him around even after uh, he now, was. A- supposedly he went to prison at one time. His incarceration. But, right. And or jail, prison or jail. Anyways, he was incarcerated for a while. And the what part of the deal was they allowed him to keep working. He I mean, didn't he just there in New York. From inking. No, he inked while he was incarcerated. And Bar he would be like not hey. let one Fantastic Four 102 be delayed at the newsstand. It won't let us ink in that thing. Yeah, it's supposedly he like had like a like a Whatever he was doing for the mob, he was like lived in a very nice house, like I guess some kind of like mansion esque. So like they would, like the apparently like if you went to go visit him, he'd be like out by his pool, like sitting poolside in a robe, fucking sitting there just inking, and there'd just be like Kirby pages and probably Ditko pages or whatever, just laying all over the goddamn place, just you know, just getting destroyed. And he was the guy supposedly. I don't know if this is a hundred percent true, but I heard secondhand from people who used to work for Marvel. He was the guy that invented the term when in doubt, black it out. And that was an old school term that where it's like, I'm running out of time. Look at all this detail. This guy drew. I don't want to do a shadow. Boom. Just big slab of ink right over it. That's why you see sometimes when you read some of those old comics, you're like, why is this entire character blacked out? And it's because like, dude. They didn't want to fuck. They're on their deadlines. They didn't want to mess with it. Yeah, it was. Yeah, that was. Yeah, and you get point rates. So. But to yeah, that point, page, right? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Well, yeah, no, a lot of what they were talking about on the panel mm-hmm. uh, speaks to that, to just being quick and whether or not you cut corners. It sounded like the King Kirby never did that. He was fabled to do. And I'm not making well, this up. This that's is thought. Not true. He, he did cut corners. He, maybe. Yeah. So he, certainly we all you cut corners at our jobs. He, he, he wasn't like a big fan of photo reference. So like if he had to draw a gun. Go look at like Kirby's guns and shit. There's a reason why they're very spacey. (laughs) Yeah. A page a day, not, um, you know, up to and including a book a week. That at his height, sometimes he would knock out a book a week and easily a page a day. Oh, well, here. Okay. If they said that they're one, they're a little off there. They're right, but they're a little off. Okay. The reality was is. You didn't ink your own shit back in those days. There was right, more of an assembly pencils. line because there's way bigger budget. So it's just pencils. Got Kirby it. would do anywhere like a page a day was like that's like page a day pencils for Kirby is like that's fucking was he dying? Does he have like pneumonia? <laughs> okay, okay. How many on? pages a day then? So when he at one point he was doing like seven a day. Wow. On okay. Marvel consistently. So like I think he did like Fantastic Four and um 
was it maybe so, the Avengers or something all at the same so time? Easily a book a week, two books a week. No problem. Yeah. No problem. But like if you look at those pencils, they're a lot of them are a little loose. Um, like he's not, it's not like today you have to remember the expectations back then, like weren't I'm not saying not knocking Kirby in any way. No, he's like the guy I'll ne- I'm not, I'm never going to be on that level, man. Like he did things that nobody did. And also people don't realize is like his scripts from the Stan, the man Lee were so loose. It was literally just like, wow, give me a team, a super team. It's a family. And then he would just like visually almost write the book. That's yeah. why so many people like kind of shit on Stan Lee is because Kirby was actually doing the writing. He was the one coming up right. with like the major plot points in the interaction. Stan was just Dad, like, well, okay. I just read that chapter in how to write comics the Marvel way. It's basically Stan saying, I would say bullshit to Jack. And then he would put a whole fucking comic book together, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, telling on himself, saying like, hey, I'd pitch some whack idea and he would easily run with it. And then I'd refine some of the details and then he would finish it. That's why when like occasionally I'll get approached by companies or, um, or like individuals that want to commission a comic, they'll be like, well, I want to do it the Marvel method. And I always go, what do you think the Marvel method is? And then it gets like, oh, I just throw like ideas at you and then you put a book together and I go, but then that means you can't come back with me and go like and do rewrites because that means I have to redraw your shit. And it always works out like, no, the more you get talking with them, they have no idea what the true Marvel method is. Right. They have very specific ideas of what they want in their book that they're paying you a ton of money to create. Right. Right. I mean, yeah. Yeah. But, you know. It's Kirby. Far, it's always good to talk Kirby. It's always good to collect Kirby. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. But I mean, this weekend was about that and so so much more. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna have I'm gonna have a an uh, end an outro monologue about what Rose City Comic Con weekend means to me here before we're done. But yes, I'm you know, moving us along. What else? What else was Friday? Well, um, that was about it, really. I think we just kind of. Uh, from from there we uh we just we just hunted some more we went to like every single um booth that was selling comics yeah. you know and a lot just, of comic collection shopping you know pillaged and, and you know you said that you weren't gonna dig through books until sunday you you broke that on friday you were digging saturday uh, okay saturday. okay <laughs> i walked the fine line too <laughs> But you know, my uh, retail addiction, my shopping junkie stuff like can be kept at bay for the most part. But if I see something that's got to be grabbed, I'm going to grab it, baby. I'm, yeah. a, I'm a collector. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. So, yeah, we just we bought books. And then, you know, Saturday, man, Saturday was. Wait, what did we do Friday night? Anything Friday, Friday night? We night just had night? Chinese food uh, and that's hung night. out. Yeah. Watched YouTube and ate Chinese food. That's a cool Friday night. It was a good Friday night. God, God, we're old. Yep. That is a wonderful <laughs> Friday night. We watched, uh, we watched uh, a comic YouTube guy who talks about, uh, you know, what collectible books are hot. And so we watched oh, a bunch yeah, of yeah, those. Jem yeah. oh. Mint and Comic Tom 101, who coincidentally was at the con. We saw him the next day. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, so yep. that was they pretty cool. They got a cool. YouTube channel? Yeah. Yeah, it's called what? Comic Tom? 101. Yeah, Comic Tom 101. It's a cool channel. So great production the, value too. The crown like, jewel of the weekend. Saturday, baby. We wake oh, up strong. 
Yeah, we did. You know, ready, ready to take the day by the antlers. I guess no hitting the snooze on the alarm. Nope. No going and getting breakfast beforehand. No, nope. straight to the show. Straight to the show uh, to get ready for that Jim Lee. You know, so we we got there, and then it was panel first, and Matt and I we we got the we paid the VIP, so we were what second row out or third row from, from center baby. Yeah. And that was really great. He was the best panel by far. He's so talkative. And then while he's doing it, he's has a, like a GoPro or whatever set up above him while he just draws sketches and then gives them out to people as he's, uh, as yep. he's doing his panel. He's um, my, he's my favorite. He's my favorite. So while now. he's right. Wow. Exactly. Yeah. While he's answering fan questions and, and just doing regular panel stuff, he's recreating what he does on Twitch and YouTube where he does not quite bust, but he does like uh, little head sketches, file shots of yeah. headshots. Yeah, yeah. He or does like whole quarter shots. He does Wonder Diana, Woman. which he was like, "Oh man, I messed up the eye here. Hold on." And then three seconds later, it looked like flawless. Flawless. Yeah. Um, oh, I really made this uh, to begin with. Yeah. These dimensions are all off. These dimensions are all off. Let me work this out. And then two point four seconds later, it's. Perfect. It's fine. Yeah. Um, and then he also did a Batman. He did the Batman in under three minutes because he was like, oh, I got three minutes left of this. What can I sketch in three minutes? And then was done. Um, Penciled it, inked it three minutes flat. Yeah. But I think oh, those guys like that, man, make me feel like such a piece of shit. It's just, <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I'll ever be able to like ascend to that level. I've got sad news for you, Tad. You will not. Good day, sir. <laughs> wow. Wow. How loud is that? Did I peak the levels? I'm sorry for yelling at you. I apologize. That's wonderful. That's okay. Um, I think. Find me in my childhood. Yeah. There's something to aspire to, Tad. You could, you could be Jim Lee one day. Yeah. I think, I think I'm too tall. Uh, (laughs) He is very short. He is very short, but uh, he gave out, like he answered some great questions. So I think, uh, you know, one of the questions was, um, he had someone asked him like uh, like an early criticism that he got that like stuck around for him. And he didn't spe- go into specifics to what the criticism was, but he did say uh, after he did his Alpha Flight was his first uh, Marvel book that he worked on. Um, yeah, uh, John Romita Sr. came up to him and was giving him criticism. And he said at the time he just kind of spaced out and didn't really want to hear it because he was like, you know, you get this thing, you think it's great. And you don't really want to listen to what other people have to say. So in order to get criticism, you really have to be able to listen to what it is. And what, do it. Yeah. And and he says, I still think about the conversation that I had with him to this day on everything that I work on. Um, so that was really cool. And I still can't. Sometimes I still can't apply what he wanted me to do. Even yeah. all these years later, I know what he was trying to convey and I can't always do it. Yeah. That would be really interesting because John Romita Sr. had a very like, I mean, the guy was amazing. He had a very classic, um, like, like style, comic styling, yeah. you know, that was very attuned to like 70s, 60s. Yeah. You know, he came up with during like Ditko and Starenko and all those guys. And, uh, and then someone like Jim Lee, who, I mean, when you see, when he jumped on Alpha Flight, man, like he, his style, the styling was very different from like what you saw, like John Byrne and things like that. Cause that was, changed. you know, jump, that was the big change. Jump is a big, big change. And it was really interesting. If you look at that, it's like 
Mignola or Mignola, Jim Lee, June Brigman were all very like different style sets that jumped on Alpha Flight. I wonder that must have, they must have used that book as like an introductory for like new artists because that was like you know especially Mignola's stuff. Um, yeah, that's really interesting that he would get. I'm I really want to know what it is. Yeah, but he's me too. At, like that's right, dude. Like the things that pros, the guys you look up to when they say stuff. Like I'll never forget my first month at the Kubert school, I took Adam Kubert aside and I was like, dude, I know I want to be where you're at one day. I know I suck. Like, I'm not like these other guys. Like I, I tell be give me real, real feedback. And he went, dude, your women fucking suck. Like I, you know, word you were open to hearing that. Yeah. Because I was, I knew they did. I knew there was problems. He was like, they, your women are terrible. They suck. <laughs> Have you seen a woman, sir? Do you know what they <laughs> yeah. look like? Yeah, exactly. And so it was one of those where, like, I think about that constantly. That yeah. will never, that will haunt my soul to the day I die. Yeah. Your women suck. If I might speak on Adam Kubert's behalf, uh, I think you draw a pretty dope woman these days. He, You know what? I posted a lady drawing that I did not too long ago, and he liked it. And I, it was, it was Vic, I think wasn't I texted it? Brian. It was what Vic. Was it? it was Vic. Oh, it was that Vic page. Yeah. yeah. And I texted vindication Brian, I was like, is what it was. Vindication. Yeah. I texted Brian. You and went, Dude, you don't, you will not, you will not realize like how big this little, this little heart check is for me right now. This is a giant. You were, you were stoked in my life. You were stoked. Yeah. Um, the other, the other thing, so anyways, the other question that I, that I specifically remember before we get into my question was somebody asked him, um, you know, the difference, um, or you no, know, someone asked him advice uh, on getting into, you know, getting into comics, and uh, I thought that this was a really interesting answer that he gave, especially from somebody who went from an artist to now, you know, now he's in management, right? And he yeah. said he was like, "I'm probably going to get in trouble for saying this, but you know, editors, I'm sure, you know, there are great editors out here, and you can be friendly with editors, but they're not your friends." He said, "Editors." Absolutely want something specific from you, you know, meet your deadlines, you know, do the things that they want you to do. But you as an artist, as a creator, you have your goals and what you want to do and what you want, you know, your book to look like. Um, so it was very interesting. And I had to, you know, uh, Matt, you brought up a really good point and I won't take away what you said. So I'll let you kind of say, say it. But when we were yeah. conversing, we talked about Jim Lee all day Saturday. So as you should, what, we what was your about thought it. on that, Matt? Well, I, I'm not sure exactly what I waxed on at the time, but, you know, uh, he wants the artist to know that, like, my boss is going to want things from me that is going to hinder my work. And I like him and I respect him. And I look up to him, but like he's going to ask more from me than I think I'm able to give. And he knows that firsthand. I remember what you were thinking. Yeah. So when he goes to Image and creates Wildstorm, he's not even one year removed from being the guy getting things asked of him by the editor. He's now having to do that to artists of his own working on Wildstorm and how that must have made him feel. And then here we are 20 years after that more and him reflecting on it and him being willing to like get in trouble with, you know, DC heads by saying Hey, your editor's not your friend, and I am your editor sometimes. And unfortunately, I I can't be your the artist friend. I have to be your boss. I it's interesting that he would say that too, because that kind of tends to be the trend. Um, 
uh, I see with a lot of artists where they do their the most they can to become friends with editorial. Um, like you hear about like uh, what's his name? Is it who's the Walking Dead guy? Kirkman. Kirkman. Uh, yeah, how like Kirkman used to like offer to like pick up uh, editor or like you know people from Image. You know the guys running the show at Image. He would offer to pick them up from the airport and shit because he just wanted to be involved so bad. And I would argue that like that kind of stuff made him memorable. Where now he's part of like he's part of Image. Like he is an Image yeah. guy, right? So it's really interesting. And I, I don't know. It's one of those things that you see in business, right? Like any type of it doesn't matter what kind of line of work you're in. Yeah, is like we all know people that have used the the system of becoming friends with the people at the top or the, the people that are your bosses so that you can get opportunities that normally other workers wouldn't be able to get. But right. you do have guys like say Daniel Warren Johnson who like when we came on the podcast, he, we were like, how'd you get this Thor or this fucking Thor gig there? Marvel was like, dude, you're killing it. You're so you're like the books you're doing are just awesome. We love them. What do you want to do? And he went better Ray bill. Boom. Done. And he did a better Ray Bill series. So it's kind of one of those, like, I feel like there's there's so many different paths to a gig. But right. Jim Lee is saying that because he sees the people trying to play the friend game. And no. he doesn't like it because it's not – that's not where you want to be. And that's probably why he said that. It's like, dude – because he's right. Like he's I think this is why he said it. You kind of gave some examples of success stories of Kirkman, of Johnson, of these guys – who made friends and then that advanced their career. He was talking about the other side. You well, I become, Daniel Warren Johnson though. He didn't, he hit, he, he earned all of his stuff, just pure skill. Like for sure. Knocking out of the park. Absolutely. Not to say that they weren't talented and deserving of these things in their own right, but the becoming friends with the editors at image leads to Kirkman becoming a part of image. That's a success in some respect. Yeah. Lee was really talking about, if you're the guy that they can come to for shit past its deadline work and you're turning in shit work because you're willing to accept a shit job that you don't have the time to do right to do to your full potential to your ability, that's all you'll ever be. And you and you, you have examples games. of that, Tad. You did that. Yeah. Right. I, I've, I've been the guy where they called you know, to do like, hey, no, this book's not – not making money. We just need to get it done for the right. lowest amount of money possible. Can you knock right. it out? And I did it, and it was like, it sucked. It was the worst. There's some merit in shit. that to be able to potentially do that, even if it sucks. But it can't be all your worth. You can't be willing to turn in shit work and get paid for shit work at the expense of like. But my boss really likes me, and maybe that'll lead to something good one day. Because you know what it. it it won't. In my experience, it doesn't. And I, it's you just become the guy that's like, oh, we need some shitty work done. This dude's reliable. This book yeah. is six months behind deadline. And like, I, I spent the last couple of years in Portland, that guy, like, where like, I worked on a Dark Horse graphic novel that I don't even know if it even got fucking released. But it was like, they brought me in because it was, what, six, seven months behind deadline? Yeah. They brought me in to work on it. And we cranked it out, got it done in like, I don't know, a month and a half, two months. But correct me if I'm wrong, you learned from that and you fought to get some of your, you know, your rights as an artist back and you don't, you don't work that way these days. No, no. Like, I mean, if I got some of those phone calls now, I'd be like, no, I'm good. Right. I'd rather go work at like, a you know what I've become? I'm Kirby. I can do, uh, I can do two pages a day minimum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. 
but then I got up and I was able to ask a great question to him. Um, you ready to hear it? All right. So uh, here's what I asked Jim. Hey, uh, just wondering if there was any character or creative partner that would get you to consider, you know, coming back and working on like an interior, you know, maybe at least for a miniseries, something like that. I don't think that it's it's uh, that's an interesting question. Uh, so it's not really so much the people I, it, that's holding me back. Meaning it's not like the right people haven't asked me to do work. It, it really is more of like how much time do I have yeah. to commit to something like that, right? So I have my day job, um, and that you know runs from anywhere from eight or nine till six. And then all the covers that you see me do, I draw at night or on the weekends. I did a five-page story for um, the Hush 20th anniversary trade paperback. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. Um, most people are like, wow, that was 20 years ago. I feel so old. Uh, yeah. And, 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 and so that was a lot of fun working with Jeff again off a script. I do miss it, but it really is, like that's a whole separate job in and of itself. So it, it really comes down to, if you do a, a four-part series, um, like how much of your free time, your weekends and evenings are you willing to give up, you know? Yeah. And, and, and I'm like a stress eater, so like, <laughs> it's true, right? Too. And if I'm on a deadline, like everything looks so delicious at 12 o'clock at night, you know? And, uh, and, and uh, so, um, yeah, if, if you see me looking unhealthy, <laughs> you're probably healthy. You're probably happy because I'm doing a lot of work. But I feel miserable inside. So <laughs> allow me to have a, ba like a like nice work-life balance. I, that's what they tell me to do. I don't know. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> All right. Can I just say, what a charming human right that was exceptionally charming what a great answer it, not only was it honest but it was so sincere yeah like just like yeah and that's the thing is like he would have to stop doing what he's doing which really wouldn't probably actually like talk right into your microphone tad talk right into i am i am why that financially wouldn't be something that would be like Yeah, no, I, I was more hoping he was going to be like, well, let me tell you, because, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm back and I'm doing this book. You know, I was hoping I was hoping he was going to get an announcement, <laughs> which I later mean, he kind of he alludes kinda did. to a similar question gets asked and he, he kind of goes, well, what can I say? What am I allowed to say? I have a plan. Yeah, someone asked him, like, ah. if he was going to revisit any of his old characters again. And, uh, and so, yep. And so he kind of describes how he's like, I've planned from retirement backwards and what needs to happen between then and now. Um, and okay. yeah, there's some plans in place. And I just loved hearing that. That tickled me pink. It was great. And I like, I wonder if he's going to bring Wildstorm back. Wild, Wildcats is relaunching for DC, I think, in the next couple of months. So um, that could be part of You know he's, talking, he's talking about, about. X-Men. You know he's talking about X-Men. I don't think so. No, no, man. Like DC and Marvel, like as much as you, we want to think that they cross pollinate, 
Yeah, not with not with Jim Lee, because like I'm pretty sure Jim yeah. Lee, part of his deal, unless he's going to leave DC and 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 freelance. But I mean, maybe you know, he gets paid good money, no. man. There's no way, dude. DC's exclusives when you're locked in a contract with them are so good. There's a reason why you don't see guys leave Marvel or DC to like do a cover here or there. Like when, you know, like even like a guy like Dustin Weaver, like they'll let him come out and do like his own image series or like his own, um, like, what is it? He did, uh, I think what, he did some Batman. He did recently. Batman black and white. One of the many, many stories in it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like that might even, he might be DC now or he's in between tween contracts when he was working like Marvel, just doing Marvel stuff, man. You got to really, that's fair. You know, and I apologize for telling you to talk into your mic. The, the production manager head in my mind is like, gosh, you can barely hear him. I hope that's not the problem. I'm also, re- I'm also sick. So like my, that's voice right. Is just, well, you get and, a and so you're loud and Tad's quiet. So, it's, You'll have fun editing later. It, it's going to be a blast. I'm going to have so well, we much are, fun. We are rolling right now, though. Post oh, yeah. technical difficulties we're on, we're yeah. popping. We're we're rocking. I'm not worried about it. Um. So yeah. So we we went from, uh, well, j- it was the best panel of the day. Like it was just he was he, and he was yeah. like that for every question. Right. He gave thoughtful, really nice responses to everything that was asked of him. Um. And then immediately, Charlie. yeah. Oh, dude. We immediately. To a fault. Yeah. We, we went downstairs for the signing, and so we were one of the yeah. first folks in line, and um, for some reason, they thought that Matt and I had fast passes, and so- We had VIP passes anyway. Yeah, but there was a separate line for like our our line, and then there was a fast pass line, and they put, uh, they were like, oh, oh, you got the gold. Okay, yeah, 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 you go into this line, and so they just put us in the fast pass line, and so we were in and out of there- we waited for maybe 30 minutes to meet Jim Lee. Yeah. And we were like one of the first people's in. He was super nice, you know, signed all our books. He was just asking people questions. Um, you know, where are you from? Cool. Like, what's going on? Yada, 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 yada. Um, so it was really cool. Um, I mean, I do have a bit of a bone to pick with you, Bri. Why is that? I mean, Jim Lee's right there in front of you. You're, you, you've got him in the hot seat. You can ask all these questions, and you didn't ask the question, which is why the fuck uh, haven't you worked with Tagalusha? Like, what the hell, man? That's, I thought it was your boy. That's a good point. I, I I'm not gonna lie. I got a little, uh, got a little, little starstruck a little bit. You know, it. Uh, I felt it too, and I'm not even nearly as big a fan as as Big Bry is. Yeah, it's okay. I felt it. He's a star through and through. He's a fucking star. But that That's wasn't even like the only comic artist who gets like sponsorship deals. And, and, <laughs> and that wasn't even the best part. That wasn't even the best. It keeps getting better because before you get to the best part, let yeah. me tell, tell you a good part. Yes. Yes. So he's signing my detective comics, 1000 all white convention cover. And God, I was praying he'd throw a quick re- remark on no, you it, gotta you know, pay for that. sketch it other than just autograph it. Spoiler alert. He didn't. That's fine. And then he also signs Punisher War Journal number six, which is Wolverine with his claws on the cover of uh, Punisher book. And he's looking at them and he goes, the significance here is is very, is very interesting on these two books you're having me sign. And I was like, yeah, I I want, what is the significance, Jim? What, what are you picking up that I'm putting down here? And he goes, well, this is an iconic moment in comics, you know, Detective Comics 1000 and this Punisher Warrior number six, that's a very iconic moment in my life. I'm doing covers at Marvel and it's Wolverine and Punisher. And 
And uh, and he's like, what's the significance to you? Both of these really meant something to you, maybe when you're younger, maybe when you're older. Now, what I left out was Detective Comics 1000 came out on my birthday, March 27th, 2019. And what a fucking awesome book to just read as I'm turning however old I turned on that year. Yeah, we won't say. But his eight pages in Detective Comics 1000 is with Kevin Smith. So in a nice blue tiger revenge full circle that we love here, Kevin Smith references Punisher War Journal number six in his second feature film, Mallrats. And I tell him that and he did not know. He did not realize Punisher War Journal number six was was referenced in Mallrats. Uh, and then years later, he would work with Kevin Smith on a Batman story. Mm -hmm. And so I planted that in his mind. He goes, oh, my God, I never knew that. I'm going to have to watch that movie again. I mean, I've seen it, but I haven't watched it recently. I'm going to have to watch it again. I can't believe they referenced me. That's awesome. So That's fucking awesome. Very cool. But that wasn't even the best part. How, that wasn't even the best part. The best. It's interesting how all this shit is, goes, is circular, though, right? Yeah. Like, how all of it just feeds on one another. I, I fucking love it. The best anyway, part. The, the best part. The best part of the entire convention. Like, not to mention like the loads of books that we all got, the the signed stuff, the the panels that we went to. The absolute best part was uh we're leaving the con and in front of us, Jim Lee just walks right past us. We're on the escalator right behind him. Um, and Matt just says, Hey, you, you, you had the best panel of the day. And, and I think I was like, yeah, absolutely. He turns around. Oh, thanks guys. You know? And he was like, how's, how's the rest of the show been for you? You know, asking us how our convention has been going. And I, and I was like, Oh, it's good. You know, I, I spent too much money. He's like, well, what'd you get? And I was like, do you want to see? And he was like, yeah. And so like, he stopped at the top of the escalators. I pulled, I unzipped my bag, pulled out my books and was like, he was like looking through them. He's like, oh, New Gods number one. That's interesting. Yeah, it was awesome. You didn't already have that? Yeah, Why? he was like, are these your first time having these? And I was like, yeah. And so it was, it was, it was pretty cool. Yep, dude, that's really fucking cool. After like, eight hours of writing like, his name, he was down to like kick it with us. And and he would have well, been. He's still a fan. Yeah, he's a fan, not just. A pro, like he actually, he loves everything about this industry, and and like he, he loves the collection. He loves. He all would that have shit. been well within his rights just to be like, "Oh, hey, cool guys, you know, I appreciate it. I got to get out of here." That's what you always get. That you know, ninety nine percent of the time, that's what you get. And I would have been con. fine with Pro's that. Like, yeah, cool, thanks, man. I would have been yeah. fine with that. You know, he's been signing it eight hours. He's just been signing his name ten thousand fucking times. You know, but he stopped to like talk to us, and it was. Uh, you know, just a just a two minute interaction, and it made the entire the entire convention worthwhile. It was it was great. Something we'll never forget. And I think he knew that. Hey, if I give these guys more than just the gracious thank you, and I got to get on my way, that's going to be something they'll never forget. And uh, that that takes that takes a big person. Even yeah. though he's four feet tall, that takes a big man. <laughs> wow. Oh. Wow. He, I hope he comes on here. I hope he comes on. Here. We're going to get him on. We're going to get him on. We have to. You know, what's interesting. What's interesting. It's so great to hear is because like a few years ago, I was pretty down on the industry. Like I was, I remember to walk away just because I was so disheartened, not only by like the behind the scenes activities of my, I guess, uh, peers, whatever you want to call it. 
uh, co-workers, if you want. I don't know what you want to call them. But, like, just overall, just how the industry was going, I was a fan of it. But then when you hear stories like that, because when I was in school, those were the kind of stories you heard about Jim Lee, even though it was like, like, I knew guys who were editors who were down at the time teaching, and they're like, oh, yeah, when Jim used to come into the office, they had nothing but great things to say about the guy. And uh, the fact that you still hear that shit, like he's still acting like it gives you like reaffirmation that like, hey, if you're a good person and you just you work hard, you can eventually ascend to the very top. You can accomplish all of your goals. And it's like the universe will give you in return, you know, what you're you hope to achieve at some point, as long as you just stay the course. You don't have to be shady. You don't have to be slimy. You don't have to try. And abuse, take advantage of people. You can achieve all that stuff just by fucking, you yeah. know, doing and, what you're supposed to do. And I want you to do me a favor, Tad. I want you to go into your Skype settings and look at what <laughs> microphone that you're using. Because okay. I swear you're using your headphone microphone. He's worried about the input jack right now. And I honestly, I can't say I blame him. That's good production. While you're looking that up. Um, says I'm that, using the microphone, that, my man. Really? God. Okay. Is this better? He's, How's this? Talk is this better? Like room mic now. Yeah, it sounds like a. It sounds like a. Sounds like the computer mic. How about this? Yeah, I mean, it doesn't. It it's louder. It doesn't necessarily sound better, but we can, uh, like the the you sound more equal compared compared to the mat here. As long so as it's rolling, right? So this is what I've been using the entire time. Weird. Okay. I just got out of it and then got back into it. And now it now but. you sound fine. Bales, do you do little timestamp markers to yeah. direct where you go back? Yeah. Okay. Sorry, um, guys. All good. That's all right. I'm not editing this out. Feed. You guys, you guys are like pausing like crazy and shit. It's probably just my shitty Wi-Fi. Yeah, that could be it. Four hours. Well, it's not mine. You just yeah. got me a new router. It's um, not my Wi-Fi. So. I get Ben Temple Smith's autograph on my 30 Days of Night graphic novel. Not your vibe. Oh, Dad's making a face. No, no, no. It's whatever. I just was never a big fan of that series. That's all. But yeah, uh, Temple Smith is awesome. Carnage. Yeah. Yeah. I also had the Allreds sign Dark Horse Issue 1 Madman. So, you know, that's that's his IP. That's all Red's I, original IP. And it, it had already been out in a couple iterations by mm-hmm. the time it got to Dark Horse. But yeah. that is a hot issue. That is a really dope issue. Um, and uh, another noted uh, comic book YouTube channel just released a video on that issue I had signed like yesterday. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. Cool. So am I ahead of my time or am I ahead of my time? But I, I think I know how to pick a winner when it comes to a, a floppy. Wow. Um, I had Ben to sign some stuff on Saturday. And I had he, him sign. You, you, had, him, you had him take it out of the poly bag, too. I had him sign Ultimate Comics Spider-Man 1. That's the first Miles Morales in his own um, book. And I clipped that right out of the poly bag to get the s- signature on it. And then, boom. Off but did you regret BS it? For grading. But do you regret it? I don't regret it because I already bought a new polybag this week, baby. There it is. <laughs> Matt has a thing with polybagged comics. He loves them. 
X Force One, Death of Superman, like the more you know, screen printed, limited edition, valuable comic bullshit uh, printed on the front of the poly bag, the better. Wow. Wow. Even though you know it was printed seven million times and it's anything but limited edition, I just want to oh. get my hands on it. You can get those Death of Superman poly bags in like dollar bins, like 50 everywhere. cent bins. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. But yeah. you love them, though. You love oh, yeah. them. You just, you know, it, it, that was a, it brings you back. They're you cool, know? man. Yeah. They're cool. David F. Walker has uh, some some creator-owned project he's trying to get off the ground. Wrecklaw. Wrecklaw. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, that was a character yeah. I think he created when he was, like, a kid. Yeah. And he yep. would draw it all the time. And then, like, people, just, like, fans of his have been doing fan art for it. And yep. he always shares it online. And it's just kind of slowly evolved into this like thing. I don't know. So he's got an ash can <laughs> with a little mini story, a little mini Reclaw story and trading cards. And so I managed to pick those up and have him sign those for me. I, I just love, I just love everything he touches, man. From Island of Dr. Moreau to Naomi at DC to his own creator IP stuff like, you know, Bitterroot. I, I love David's shit. I love it. Yeah. You've got a, you've yeah, got a Bitterroot original awesome. page. Hell yes, I do. I've got a Sanford Green original Bitterroot on the wall over here. That you do. Oh, oh damn. Yeah. Damn. It wasn't, yeah. it wasn't even pricey. It was a nice, affordable page. I was I was happy to add it to the collection. Well, now that it just landed two Eisners, that's probably pretty expensive. Like, it'll definitely have some resale value for it. That's for sure. Yeah. yeah. Watch me never sell it, though. Watch me that's keep good. it cherished. Priceless. And uh, as Brian dies inside right now. Flipper. <laughs> <laughs> No, the consummate no. flipper. Hey, you know, listen, it's true. It's true. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to, I'm, you know what though? Like some, some of the books that I bought, I want to flip, but honestly, man, like at the more, like I've, I've had them, I've looked at them. Like part of me, I, you know, I kind of want to keep them, especially like, you know, those Kirby, those Kirby books, um, you know, Kirby's not around anymore. He's not making new stuff. Uh, that Neil Adams, Batman two fifty one that I picked up, you know, that's, they make, there's so many reproductions of that on like wall art t-shirt. It's just such an iconic cover. Like, I don't know if I want to, I don't know if I want to get rid of that. You know, um, only so many copies in existence. You've got one. Exactly. You're going to ever not have it again. Exactly. That's right. And that's the thing. Like if I, you know, just with the way that the <laughs> collection, like the way that comics are just have just skyrocketed in value lately. Like if I, if I let it go, I'm never going to be able to afford it again. You know, <laughs> See, I'm weird, man. Like, I don't get that invested over something's like economic wealth on the like comic book. I guess the Beckett yeah. spectrum. I get more. I'm more of like, oh my god, I tyrant. There's there. I found this old tyrant issue. I've got to buy. It. You know, I got to get I more. Which I did. Like, oh, I found a the first two issues of Tyrant in a bin. There's. I think you have two more. There maybe there's three more. You got to. I can't remember if there's. If it's, Two or if it's uh four or, it's four or five in the I'm series. not sure. I'll have to ask something like the that. set. So there we go. You gotta get the rest of them. I do. I so that's that's uh that's one of the things I added to my uh to my list of, of hunt items. So yeah. I wanna track down some of the old epic comics. I don't know. Do you guys remember Epic Comics from the nineties? Yeah, that was Marvel's, Marvel's imprint. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I want to get some of those series. Electra Assassin was on the episode. Yeah. Chef's 
chef's kiss, triple chef's kiss. Who has drawn Electra? Who's painted Electra uh, better than that? Uh, no one. No I, one. I mean, they they still reference that series. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. All the time. Right. The kingpin yeah. from that was the reference for kingpin in Enter the Spider Verse movie. Yep. Right. Sinkevich's right. kingpin from Electra Assassin on Epic is the fucking kingpin that we got in the movie, man. And then he ended up doing the movie poster art for the, you know, for the film, like, which is crazy. It's so because wild. Real recognize real. Cause you know, a legend right. cause you which, give respect to, let's be honest. These comic artists should be doing all of the movie posters for all of these comic book movies. Like, let's be real. I'm getting more than $5,000. Yeah. And royalties. Yeah. Um, let's that, be real. That too. That too. Yeah, Way I got more. my eye on some epic books. You picked up that. What was the one? Havoc and Wolverine. Dude, you can have it if you want. I'll send it to you. Uh, I, I found mean, that at Gabby's. I found the first three issues of that at Gabby's. So I think there's ample copies of that particular. There's run. a lot that it was wildly popular. Yeah, I, I'll send you it though. I already read it. I'll send it to you, no problem. If you want it, sold. Mint condition. I'll pay for postage. Yep. And then, uh, Matt, you remember how I was looking for uh, the Born Again, Daredevil Born Again, so Daredevil 227 yep. to 233. So uh, I t- shout out to Gabby's Olympic Cards and Comics. I texted uh, Allison, who works over there. I said, hey, do you have these? And she's like, I got 227 hey. and 228. And wait, so, wait, wait. Uh, Can I act this out? Yeah. You play Alice. Okay. I'll be okay. you. We got to have her on the show one of these days, so. Ring ring. I texted. I didn't. I didn't call. But oh, uh, the sound of the text. Ding ding, ding ding. Oh, do I have? A- oh no, I don't have a. Ch- I let my chime go on the soundboard. But okay. Anyways, go ahead. Ding ding. Hey yo, this is Big Bry. I'm looking for something hot and spicy for the podcast. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. And see. There's a new Disney Plus series coming out that might just have reference to an old Frank Miller run in your back bins. You want to take a look? And she did. Open them back bins. <laughs> wow. Nope, 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 nope. No? It didn't go down like that? No, it was literally. This is big bry. <laughs> it was literally, hey, do you have these issues? Let me check. I liked it. I like to think when you come rolling into Gabby's, it's like war drums on the horizon. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, it's just this big, long shadow of the, this giant just coming over. We can the, shoot that. Hill. We can shoot that scene if you'd I, like. No, I mean, no. <laughs> boom, boom. Bring me your back issues. Yeah, I could see it. I- so, what, Saturday <laughs> night? <laughs> wait, wait. Use that filter and say, "Open your bins." <laughs> no. <laughs> do it. Do no, it. I'm not gonna do it. <laughs> Go embarrass you. I'm not gonna do it. I'm not gonna do as it. As much as he wants to be a soundboard shock jock, some lines are too far to cross. Some lines are too far to cross. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. But uh, okay. Anyways, we continue. Um, I well, I Saturday. Just, yeah, I b- bought a bunch of comics on Saturday, man. That was my that was my Saturday. Went to a Kirby panel that inspired you to buy a bunch more. Yes. And then, Jim Lee. So what happened Sunday? Did you guys go Sunday? Well, yeah, we we gather up a bunch of takeout food Saturday night. 
we head over to the official law team of Blue Tiger Revenge podcast. Correct. Jeff Koenig's suite at Hotel Eastland. Yep. Nice. And we fire up the old ESPN Plus. We get the UFC and fights going. You were fired he up. He was fired Bryce up, sent man. sent me a couple of photos, and you're doing the, like, standing, head on pacing. top of your head, pacing, like, oh, God. At least you weren't doing the McGregor pace, where you know oh. how he ta- he strips down and flexes and – yeah, like uh, there was a little bit of flexing. Like, there was a little bit of flexing when it when when Diaz choked out Ferguson. There was a little bit of flexing. That's true. <laughs> you know what I was doing? I was doing this. I was just doing this. That's all I did. <laughs> yeah. For the for the listeners at home, I'm just leaning back in my chair with my my hands on my tummy. Just going. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. Are you gonna okay. we, Are you gonna shoot a weak ass double on a on a Diaz brother black belt? Wow. Now let's look at what, can we give some poor Tony? I love just getting zero fucking respect. No, he gets, he's getting his respect. He's getting it. Now, Tony, a year ago, let's be honest. I don't think Diaz is walking away. Look, that's why the odds makers put it at what it was. Yeah. Yeah. And the underdog going into the fight. Yeah. And I mean, like the drop off for Tony has been hard because I mean, let's just look at the wars he's gone through, man. Yeah. His last couple fights, man. I mean, his last fight was just a couple months ago, and yeah. he got fucking like. I mean, it was flatlined, dude. With Tony like, Ferguson, I, it's not just the age; it's the mileage, and he's getting up there in both. I uh, didn't realize you know. he's thir- what thirty eight. Yeah, thirty eight. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and and then he just got knocked out by Chandler. Like, uh, uh, folks, we're going right into MMA. Sorry, it's happening. We'll, we'll, we'll pivot there. back to Rose City. We'll pivot back. Yeah. But we're in MMA and MMA. Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> you want me to pull back the meg? You uh, want me to get the megaphone one on again? Here we go. But, yeah. And see. Fucking fantastic. Wow. That was amazing. That was really impressive, Brad. I, I do work, All man. respect to Tony for rolling with the punches. The UFC was on some wild shenanigans. <laughs> yeah, and I was so were. pumped that Nate Diaz could go out of his contract that way that he could end his UFC contract on a win like that. And it really added to the ambiance of the weekend for me. There was so much happening over the course of that three days that that part really mattered. Yeah. It was a real weird, uh, his bitch ass was afraid of me. Just like, just like Khabib's bitch ass was afraid of him. Real gangsters uh-huh. come from California. Sure. America, motherfucker. God, it must feel great. It must feel great to just dodge bullets like that, man, where you're just like dodging such I ain't afraid of no rookie. I ain't, afraid, yeah. I ain't scared of no bitch ass rookie. <laughs> so yeah. funny. My God. Like, props. Because if it would have gone down how it was scheduled to go down, yeah. it was... Well, we had so afraid of Tony Ferguson. Let me tell you. (laughs) Yeah. Well, he just sits there like glossy eyed, just half awake, like "Mm, terrified. Oh, scary, scary. But I did feel sorry for I was never a big Tony fan just because he was a little over the top for me. But uh, I did feel bad for him going in that. And also, like, I always forget how big Nate Nathan Diaz is. He's a big guy. Yeah. And uh, Tony, man, he had, there was moments where he, he was like, you're like, Oh, old Tony, you get flashes of it. But like just everything about the movement looked 
off and weird. He was turning his well, back a lot. I don't know. You know, you know who's calling out step. Nate Diaz now, right? Yeah. You know who's calling out Nate Diaz, right? I'll give no, you. Who? I'll give you a guess. I know who. Who is it? Is it Jake? Is it, it Jake Paul? It is Jake Paul. And even the I don't even like saying the name. Oh, oh, that God. guy has a fight scheduled with Anderson fucking Silva. Old enough and to he be his, his dad. Sideshow game of calling out Nathan Diaz. Anderson Dog, Diaz old enough to be his dad, you, buddy. <laughs> I I don't think. They're, they're play, there's a gamble, right? Because as soon as Paul loses, this whole like calling out MMA legends to box or MMA calling out anybody is kind of yep. over. Like they had to cancel the last show because when they gave him like an actual like up and coming boxer, what was it, Fury or somebody? Or no, it was uh, I can't remember. There's the guy's been a name. few. They keep juggling them, but they never happen. Yeah, but they just had to cancel an event. I think at, at Madison Square Garden, and it's because. They didn't sell fucking tickets. Like yep. they just didn't. There was enough buys. That was why they can't. They'll say whatever the they want. The gimmick. Yeah, and so I think this kind of saves the gimmick. But dude, Anderson, he's doing work. Dude, he's doing work to people. But like, here's, he, who but is, here's he the just, thing: they're gonna, they're gonna. I mean, how much do you think Anderson is gonna make in this fight to lose? Well, so Anderson though is in a different ballpark than like say like Tyron Woodley I think Tyron sure. Woodley I he think Tyron Woodley's busy on Cobra Kai payday. he's busy on Cobra Kai so getting beat up by Johnny Ty- Lawrence yeah but I think Woodley needed the he, he got a big enough payout where like I don't think something like that would seduce Anderson he's like dude I've made so much money and he's made so, so much more money like Woodley I think lost a lot of money with the whole rapping thing because like let's be honest he was paying people shit tons of money to have a rapping career sure. like stupid money i mean you know matt you know you were worked in music in the music industry for a while like yeah. you fucking know what kind of like yeah you can work with anybody but you're paying like through the nose well yeah snoop dogg's like 250k for eight bars so yeah it's half a verse which is insane so yeah. i don't know i It'd be interesting. I, I, this will probably be the only Paul fight that I actually watch, just because I'm illegally. Curious to see how I'm not going to pay for it. Well, well, of course, yeah. of course. Right. So I, you know, I hope what we've been hoping each time that it stops paying off for him to to call out and fight an over the hill MMA guy in boxing at a weight Who's, class. You know, just like it all needs to stop. Anderson needs to yeah. put a stop to this. Yeah, and like the reality is, is like what I hate with people who don't understand the fight game is like, he's only, he's fighting guys that are 50 pounds lighter than him. And yes, you're cutting weight, but like come fighting. He, Paul's like what? two ten to 15. Like he's not a small guy. No, he's like, big dude. Yeah. Big boy. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe two like by height, fully hydrated. Maybe he's two twenty something. Uh, we're like Woodley's like, at his biggest, like 185, which right. he is the weight I, that he weighed in at the day before. He doesn't really cut to get to that uh, that classification because no, he he was cutting down to 170, right? Isn't that right. wasn't that his weight so, class? Yeah, like dude, that people don't understand. It's like when his brother fought Mayweather, and you know his brother's like, dude, I didn't feel anything from Mayweather. It's like, yeah, no shit, dude. The guy fights at like what 153 pounds or something. Like you're walking around 230. Yeah, like, I've bo- I've bo- I've personally boxed guys that size, guys that were like 230, 240. And guess what? I didn't do shit. To Got them. nothing for them. Yeah, yeah. I may have hit them a bunch of times, but and they'd be like, oh yeah, nice shot. And then when I ate one of their shots, it was like. Oh, 
fuck. Like physics sucks. And for every five of my shots I could land, all I had, all they had to do is land one. And I was, this is not fun. Let's let that gimmick be over. Let's all stream it illegally. And I'll say that here on this podcast. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, it's so what you guys is the culture and the culture that influences the art. What do you say? That's right. Oh, that's close enough. Close enough. That's close enough. Yeah, that's yeah. What so, do we do Sunday at the con? I, wait, wait, wait. You guys skipped over the best the best fight. What, Brian, I want to know, Brian, what did you think it comes up, Brian? Was that your first experience with the new villain of the UFC? That was. I mean, that was pretty, he's intense, right? It was pretty God, impressive. Like, and like the, the pre the pre uh, like the weigh in and then the post fight interview were both uh very funny, very entertaining. Uh, Doesn't give a shit, right? Or, or like he's just, funny. or he's just in kayfabe, just as a heel kayfabe guy. I mean, you know, yeah, it's yeah. probably a little bit of that too. So, yeah, yeah, he. Uh, I don't like to admit that he's one of my favorite guys right now, but I'm just so fascinated by him. Just his background. I know there's some discourse about it, but I haven't really heard any. I'm just aware that there's some discourse. Does he shoot the single while going for a fake high five with Kevin Holland or not? Sure looked like it to me. Yeah, it's it's been debated because I know like that's what I'm saying. It's being I know he waved off. Yeah, he waved off the uh, high five. I think uh, because when they were well, it was even even before that. Like when they went to go touch gloves, like he didn't touch gloves at the thing, and then and Kevin Holland's a weird dude. You know, he does weird stuff. Like he'll throw his hands up and let guys take him down, and like he's I think the only person to knock somebody out from his back. Mm. Um, I forget who it was who he knocked out, but uh, um, the, uh, the, the uh, what's his name? Gator S- Souza. Yes. Uh, what's God damn it? What's his name? Dwayne the Rock Johnson. I can't. That's it. Yeah. yeah. I wish. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Fucking the rock. Anyways. Uh, yeah. But I'll tell you, dude, I was geeking out big time when, uh, that was like some, that was some beautiful, beautiful. That's how you're supposed to shoot a single leg right there. That fucking Just nice sweep to the corner. Control. Savage control. Yeah. yeah, man. That, yeah. yeah. That was like, that was Olympic level wrestling right there where you're like, oh yeah, you can tell he works out with the Swedish Olympic team. Of course. Yeah. That's how you shoot a single. That's how you counter a Gramby. That's how you counter a counter to a Gramby counter. You, yeah. you, know, you ride those fucking the, hips all the way. And then yeah. the Chechen Sambo guys, you know, how to lock in a slick Dars that if you don't tap, you're going to die. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, man. Like years and years ago, I got to wrestle a guy that, that his whole game was the fucking, I guess at the time I didn't know what it was called, but later now it's, you know, the Dars and, um, yeah, I learned some serious shit on that one. It was one of those where this guy would come out into the match. Kid you not. And he'd stand like straight up. He'd throw his flex, his leg out front. Like, take me down, please take this, take my single leg, me high crotch, me. Go for it. It's like, it doesn't matter. Like, you're like, yeah. And you're like, oh, this is weird. Like, uh, I don't like this level of confidence. Cause you know, you're getting that, like you're smelling that vibe. Like, oh God, this is exactly what he wants. Like mm-hmm. he wants you to take it. And that's, uh, and that's all he'd do. He would just, he would just fucking 
destroy people. Just pick him up. He literally, I remember watching him choking some dude out in the dark. Well, he had him in like, he was standing up and the guy was just like hanging from his neck, just legs, feet, not touching the ground. It was brutal. Wow. But he, yeah, I lost that match. <laughs> well, well, Matt and I, we, we did not lose Rose city comic-con. We won. We continued. We stayed winning. Yeah. I stayed winning with inspiration. Yeah. Yeah. I've been focusing on Muay Thai kickboxing lately. And after that sick dark Dars from Hamzat, after that guillotine from Nathan, uh, I'm going to re- refocus my efforts to grappling. There we okay. go. Striking can take a back seat for a while because I really want to roll, baby. I, I cut you I thought off. we were talking about oh, comic books. I, th- I was waiting for you to be like, I went rolled in Sunday and I just started Muay Thai kicking the shit out of guys. <laughs> Uh, Jim Lee rolled in again and he was eating knees the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm here for wow. it. I'm here for it. But uh what were we so what, what were some of your uh give me your give me give me some of the books that you are really happy that you got. I know of course it's all of them, right? But you and I both got a shit ton of books. Right. So so give me like yeah, lay down the collection, boys. Give me like lay it down. Absolutely. If I could rattle off a few, yeah, I'll, I'll yeah, go yeah. ahead. I got a Jonathan Hickman Secret Wars issue one, pre-signed by Alex Ross. Dope. You know, does Tad have his headset on? Can he even hear that I just said that? He doesn't get to know. He doesn't deserve. He doesn't deserve to know. To know. He doesn't deserve your your goodness. Um, yeah, you know, I got my Marvel Comics Presents fix on. I got issue 72, the first one of that Weapon X run. Yep, yep. I got yep. some McFarlane Spider-Man 1s. I got Fantastic Four 41. I got Fantastic Four 72. I got Fantastic Four 73. All really iconic Kirby covers, especially that 72 with Silver Surfer. Yep. You got a really cool Kirby cover, too. Uh, uh, what was that? Fantastic Four that had... Sp- Kirby drawn Spider-Man on it and Daredevil. Yeah, that's 73. That's 73. Daredevil, Thor, and Spider-Man with the Fantastic Four. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah. That was a really Definitely cool cover. Sick. Um what else? I picked up Well, the lithograph. That was very cool. Getting um Batman and Catwoman pre-signed by uh in eleven by seventeen pre-signed yeah. by Jim Lee. That that's... was a great get. That's hanging in math in, in Max's room right now. So you put that in the Prince of Beards' room. Yep, that's his now. And it's and he was very he, he loves it, especially because it was signed. So that's a great place for it. Yeah. I, I think that'll help him appreciate. Yeah. Um years ago at a Rose City, I had Dave Gibbons sign Watchmen Eleven. I was with you. We were both that. remember we we interviewed Dave Gibbons. For the old super geekies. Yeah, yeah, we did. That was awesome. To, that is a way of getting slabbed right now. Sweet. And so since the Watchmen run is incomplete, I picked up issue 11, not signed by Dave Gibbons, but it's back in the collection. Awesome. And um, beyond that, yeah, you know, Superboy 9, first King Shark. That might be a flip. That might be an investment piece. Sure. I got the first appearance of um, Machine Man, which is 2001 A Space Odyssey. That's a Jack Kirby book. Dope. Ooh, Nice. I compulsively buy X-Forces. You and do. why you will compulsively buy X-Force issue 8 is because even though it's Rob Liefeld as the artist on the book, 
the middle segment of panels, the whole bulk of this issue, except for the beginning and the end, is a dream sequence penciled by Mike Mignola. So you get X-Force 8 because you get Mignola doing X-Force. That's awesome. It's just interesting. It's fantastic. His Marvel, like those couple years he was working for Marvel War, he was doing some really interesting work. Yep. Yeah, like you could, you look at it now and you'd be like, oh, I can see the beginnings of the Hellboy style, yeah. like where it's coming from. Like he wasn't quite there, but it was coming. Yeah, know, yeah. Fast. The way he draws Cable looking back, you're like, oh, that's a prototype of like what he became up with later with Hellboy. Um, yeah. And the same thing with DC, the way he does Dark Side, that's Hellboy. Like, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's see. Milestone Comics, DC Milestone, you know, the African-American, you know, the black creator comic imprint, Milestone, has a bunch of books that I never really got. Things like Static, uh, which lives oh, yeah. Shock, the Saturday morning cartoon show. So in a poly bag, you know, collector's edition, I got Blood Syndicate issue one. So I picked up DC Milestone Blood Syndicate one, found that in a dollar bin. Very cool. And, you know. Plenty of Turtles, plenty of Spider-Mans, plenty of Batmans. I, I picked up things for the collection because I, at my heart, am a collector. Um, and that is really what I did a ton of on Sunday was just shop till I drop. Yeah. Really good deals and didn't break the bank and um, really bolstered the collection. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, How about you, Bill? That's cool. Oh, man. So, I, dude, I got, a, I got a ton of shit, dude. I think, uh, you know, some of the ones. So hey, wait. One second, one second. Brett, the way you said that is the way you say when you go, oh, I got to take a shit. Oh, <laughs> like, sorry. <laughs> you use the exact same shit. time. I thought you were going to go, I got to go take a shit. I uh, I gonna gonna say nice. In my butt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I got I got a ton of great stuff. So some of the stuff that I was looking for going in was uh, obviously that uh, uh, Weapon X. So Marvel Comics Presents 79 that I was able to pick up. So jealous of that, man. So when I you showed the, me that in completed stack the other night. I was like, you bastard. Yeah. So I got the complete stack. Um, wow. And then uh, a couple of McFarlane covers. So Batman 423. So it's the, you know, the iconic cape cover where he's got the gal in. You know, so I picked that up. And then oh, cool. uh, Incredible Hulk 340, which is the other McFarlane cover. Uh, where Yeah. Where Wolverine's got the claws and you see Hulk in the reflection. Um, so both of those are, um, you know, on their way to the McFarland signing right now, um, which I'm very excited about. Uh, I might add both of those comics are in this house, both Batman 423 and Hulk 340. And until recently I had three copies of Batman 423 in here, but I might've flipped one. Good. And, wow. uh, so I picked up, uh, the, the, uh, 88 Wolverine series, the eighties Wolverine, uh, issue eight. So you'll know that cover tad. It's the one of, uh, Hulk and Wolverine where they're in their tuxedos. You know, you had that, 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 uh, issue for a while. No, I, about oh, five years ago. Oh, did I from me? Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Damn it. I know, but you flipped it. I did, but you I got Luna. I, I flipped it for Luna. You know, and then he picked it up here years later. I did paying homage. I did. Uh, the wow. homage is that the same position from the cover poster art of uh twins 
with Arnold and Danny DeVito. It looks like it, yeah. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. It looks like it. Um, it looks just like Arnold and Danny DeVito from Twins. Yeah. Uh, the Frank Miller, um, Chris Claremont, so the first Wolverine run, the, the, that four-issue solo series, I picked up all four so issues great. of that. Um, which those I, are hard to find, too. You can't get those just anywhere. Yeah. Well, one was harder to find. I had to dig. I, I found one in good condition. Um, and then, you know, that Neil Adams, Batman, uh, uh, two fifty one, which is like one of the most iconic covers of all time. Um, and then, yeah. and then that Kirby, man, that I, I just got a, I got a ton of Kirby, man. I got new gods, one, uh, OMAC one, which, uh, I got specifically after hearing Bendis talk about OMAC in the, in the Kirby panel. Um, uh, demon, I got demon one, two, four, and five. And then dude, though, when you sent me pictures of those, for some reason that really fired me up. I don't know why. Cause I, I've only read demon comics. Like when he would appear in like swamp thing. Yeah. But when I was, when you showed me those covers, like, fuck man, I, I almost bought the like collection on like Amazon of, of demon. Cause I was yeah. like, I kind of want to read this. It yeah. Fucking rad. Yeah. Um, what else to that did? point, if you can get the originals, because in the Kirby panel, they showed what his page art looked like in a floppy as compared to a trade paperback years later, as compared to like the Kindle version years and years later. And sometimes the transfers suck shit and it is not the art that he intended to do. Yeah, for, no. for sure. Um, I'm trying to think of what else, what else did I get? Uh, you know, my X-Men and, and my Batman signed. Matt gave me two comics. He gave me Superman's mm -hmm. ex-pal, Jimmy Olsen. Uh, so it's Kirby's first issue working with DC. Um, oh, cool. And oh, the, oh, that's a milestone. Holy and, shit. And then uh, Marvel What If. the It was another Kirby. What if the original Marvel bullpen had become the Fantastic Four? Um, and so on the cover is Did like Stan Lee as Mr. Fantastic. Kirby as uh, the thing who's got a you know, big old cigar stogie in his mouth. That's really cool. Um, well, is, is DC getting Kirby? Like when WCW got Hulk Hogan, pretty is that much. Like the and, they didn't, and they didn't utilize him. <laughs> yeah. Much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's well, see. Oh, they didn't utilize him. Not really. That was really one of the things Kirby? that they talked about was like, they wouldn't let Jack be Jack. And so, so it's like, whoa, whoa. It's like post Montreal screw job. Yeah. When DC, when WCW acquired Bret Hart and then sidelined him for like a year and just let him not do anything. Holy shit. Yeah. I didn't realize I was on an episode of cartoonist kayfabe here. Oh okay, God. Okay. Don't ever say that. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> whoa, whoa. First of all. Oh, oh, I also got Com uh, commandy. The last boy on earth. I got issue one of that. Um, you know, when I was at the Kubert school, it was weird. Cause I think Joe, did a bunch of covers for that. Yeah. They had a bunch of commandy artwork all over the school, just randomly like framed, like hanging on a wall and like the third floor and shit. Yeah. It was really it, strange. It's really cool to get DC Kirby stuff for, for a multitude of reasons. And that honestly is one of them because they weren't letting Jack be Jack. I've got Jimmy Olsen one thirty four up here and it's very definitely Kirby's art, except for maybe, Clark Kent's face got redrawn. You know, and they like, talked about that. How they that, would they would have him read? They would redraw over Jack's work. Right. So why why give him the mint? You know, why back up the Binks, Brinks truck to get Kirby away from Marvel and then not 
use him to his full capability. Well, didn't they it let him do new books, gods? Looks all that much more interesting. Yeah, but didn't they? The one thing they let him do was new gods, right? Wasn't that all Kirby? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was kind of his yeah. like weird cosmic his universe world creations. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then um, I got some Dark Knight Returns, and then I got Man Thing number one. So. Which that was my Sunday buy. Yeah, was I mean, man you, thing number one. You just had to get your hands on that man thing. I did. You know? I think that'll be like the title of this podcast is wrangling the man thing. You know, like Bry just just wrangling the man thing. That man. <laughs> I said it before. I'll say it again. In thirty six years, I don't think he's ever let go of the man thing. That's I a think. fact. That's <laughs> a fact. Yeah, but yeah, no, that was that was my haul, and it was leg- It was an epic haul. Hall of Epic Proportions. So I'm, you know. And the weekend was a weekend of Epic Proportions. Yeah. Um, I was know, jealous. I got to be honest. When you guys sent me all those videos, stuff, I was like, I think this would have been a, a fun one. Not not to work, just to go and have fun at it. Because it looked, it looked like you guys had a blast. We did. If I could add to that, yeah. We had a blast. It was a fun one to go to. I think my favorite just we, so far. Out of yeah, any of them. We depend, we depend on art and culture, not to get too like uh, you know philosophical here, but we it's depend on what I do art for a and living, culture to so. make life worth living. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, it is the things that we're passionate about that keep us punching our time card every day and going through, you know, maybe the less uh, glamorous things in life because there there are things being created out there that we love that we really care about. Yep. When, you know, coronavirus was clearing up and um, I quote used quote unquote, fingers there. Yeah. And Rose City <laughs> Comic Con 21 is in full effect. I went last year and yeah. I can honestly admit it wasn't a great con. No. It was lacking. Yeah. It was weird. Delta variant was ravaging people. We didn't even they go the third day. I don't even think COVID. we went day three, which is, yeah. Yeah. And um, where I was, as personally in my life, not in a great place. My, my 12 year old dog had just passed away the month before and Mm. hearing all of this COVID trauma, everyone getting sick, everyone dying, like, uh, you know, schools in session, schools out of session. We can't do it. Sports are getting canceled. Wait, no sports are back. No, never mind. The election. Like it was just a fucking weird time. And I'm back at a comic con trying to enjoy life. I can admit last year I didn't really enjoy myself as much as I said I did at the time. Agreed. And that Sunday night, I was really in my feelings with all that remorse of like, damn, is are, is anything ever going to be the same again? Am I going to enjoy a Comic-Con again in this, in this new version of my life? Yeah. This year, really 180 degreed that. It was – Wow. I was – I was – immersed with joy over the three week, the three days I got to spend with Bales yeah, and yeah. Jeff Koenig. Yeah. And, and I think it would have been great. It would have been a great con regardless, but then that Jim Lee interaction at the end of Saturday, just really just shot it into the, into the stratosphere, you know, as yeah. my favorite experience. So, bro, I got to ask you, because you did Emerald City, yep. which was up in Seattle, like literally two weeks uh, prior. And then you did Rose, and now you've done Rose City. And your assessment of, Rose, of, of Emerald City was much lower 
than this assessment. And Emerald City is a much larger con. It's a bigger location, and, and bigger you city. You know what? You know, day. with 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 respect to Emerald City, like I only went on the Thursday for about three hours, um, and I wasn't able to go back because of work and some other shit. You know, um, so but that's even I'll on that Thursday, though, that. man. You came back and were like, I'm. You're like, I don't really see the reason. Like, you saw every, you saw pretty I much saw everyone that I wanted to see. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, and it was just one of those where, like, you were a little, like, ah, cons aren't back yet. Just overall, like, it wasn't, um, yeah. most of the publishers weren't there. And if they, the ones that did show up were the smaller publishers, and they showed up only for, like, Saturday, Sunday, and then left. Yeah. Or Saturday, and then left. And um, so let me ask you this in comparison. Did Rose City, because, you know, Rose City, it's in Portland, man. Like, there's what? four publishing houses yeah. or the major publishing houses in the industry right there were, I mean, were they there? Were they set up? I mean, Oni was there. I, mean, was, I th- okay. The last couple of years, dark horse has not had a booth. So they're like a big they, sponsor, we, but they don't have yeah, a booth. They sponsor it, but they weird. don't. Yeah, it was weird. Um, but I mean, it was uh, at least to me was personally, image? image was not there. No. Yeah. Okay. Nor uh, really what about, are they ever? I can't remember them ever officially being there in an official capacity. Yeah. Uh, I mean, was like Boom or Top Shelf? Uh, I don't know. Even like Fantagraphics? No. Maybe of them there? None. No. Weird. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. If memory serves, plenty of their talent were, you know, plenty totally. of their creators. There's, were yeah, there, a lot but, of creators were there. Oh yeah. But as um, an, as a publishing house, you know, official capacity, they weren't really there. I wonder if this. Uh, yeah. they so just, the same, sim, you know, similar things that maybe detracted from Emerald City for Bales did not detract from Rose City. Rose City was on a new tier, even though we were masked up. Yeah, it yeah. won. It, it succeeded as far as I was concerned. Agreed. I did feel like cons are back. Yeah, I agree. In a post-COVID okay. world, it felt was there great. was there a good turnout? Was there a lot of people? Oh yeah, like I couldn't tell. It was Saturday was packed, man. Saturday was packed. Oh yeah, the only. Thing that would have made it better for me is if you would have been there, Tad. Agreed. Well, I mean, it would have been just better for the city of Portland if I had been there. That's, I mean, a, that's just, true. You know, just come down from my, you know, my, from the my icy, my, yeah, the icy frontier to just grace my presence yeah. across the land. We'd all be better for it. Make a power trip out to Hood just to just stand on the mountain and be like, yes, I'm here, mm-hmm. the Northwest. And we need to get it. We need to stand on the top of the mountain and have like a drone. Uh, do a shoot of us at the top of the mountain, like a circle, and oh. then with with cocaine sunset in the background. Like we could do it. We we could drive. We could go to the con next year. Then immediately do cocaine. Do oh, well, of course, <laughs> a lot, tons of it, lines. a lot of it. Yeah, lines and lines. Uh, we could do the con. Take the following Monday off. Drive up to the top of Timberline. Like go up on the hill. Set up the drone, and then boom, you get like. At all, especially if the weather's nice, I mean, you probably would. I mean, yeah, you know, just, and even just while we're you know spitballing fun ideas, we hop on the Harleys and we rip the Harley around the mountain. We're all just on our hogs. Blah, blah. There you go. Even better. There you go. Even better. Bri, because Bry's the biggest out of all of us, he gets a moped. It just okay, we have right. to do it that way. You, you just saying that because of my Sorry, little, uh, my you know the the little video of me on the little kid's motorcycle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Your favorite thing ever. I love that. I love that thing, man. Yeah. It's the so best. even com- 
even compared to um, Washington Summer Con, which was great, that felt like, yo, cons are back. My boys got a table. I'm meeting Eastman. We're back. What really gave that a black eye was we all got novel coronavirus COVID-19. Yeah, that we did. That, <laughs> that we didn't did. happen this time. Nope. And so for almost that reason alone, and especially compared to last year and even compared to previous years, Rose City Comic Con 22 was just a cut above. I couldn't have been happier Same here. Sunday night. And yeah, if, that's and, awesome. You know, if you're if you're thinking about going, um, go next year. Just go. You're going to have a blast. And it sounds like things are getting better. You're not hearing about people coming away from the cons just like everybody's got corona where you did like six months ago. You yeah. know what I mean? I, th- I, I would it's agree. Funny. Masks are highly effective. Go figure. Who would have thought – only took a couple of years to figure that one out, right? Yeah, right. Uh, honestly, well, well, I actually, love actually, um, you know, let's let's really get into the science of this here. Um, but anyways, okay, uh, Ben Shapiro, who has no science background at all. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, God, I'd love to pop that zit, huh? Anyways, old old Kamsat style, just lock it in. And, <laughs> <laughs> The intellectual well, you're actually, you're, 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 that. you're talking about assault there. Um, are you really going to assault me? Um, no, it's just sport, man. We're just, oh, we're just okay. I, what, I, what do they call it, Matt? <laughs> just rolling. We're just rolling. Rolling Slint bro. biscuit, baby. Rolling, 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 yeah. rolling, rolling, rolling. What? what? <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, oh, yeah, man. I mean, that was, that was con experience in a nutshell, man. Um, I left a Dude, little early. Awesome. I left a little early on Sunday just to get home. Uh, I wore the wrong shoes the whole weekend. Uh, no, you wore the right shoes the whole weekend. I did. What'd you wear? Some Jordan ones. Dude, look at you, just big man, big pimping all down the well, uh, like the comic aisles. Like it's a real flat sole, though, isn't it? It's the a real fat too? flat sole. And the, the dude, the best part about Saturday, uh, me, Matt, and Jeff all came out. All wearing Hawaiian shirts, completely unplanned. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> Put that on the gram. We Put need that, that on the gram. Oh, I have a picture. Yeah, I'll send it to you. Oh, it's got to go. That's the that's the revenge crew right there, man. Yeah. Just just taking back, taking back the con experience. Yeah. I love it. But uh, yeah, I love it. That's. That's wow. pretty much all I have on Rose City, man. It was a blast. So let me ask you this, because you know I think feel like we're kind of winding down. Uh, what what is it? What do we got to look forward to? What's what's the future hold? The, the year there's not too many months left in the year. What are, what are we looking forward to here? Are there any 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 small events happening? Events? No. Uh, there's some. There's a you know some comics that are coming out that I'm looking forward to that uh capullo okay. mcfarlane uh batman spawn i'm looking forward to that that capullo's yeah. drawing and mcfarlane's inking so i'm looking for that that should be a neat neat combination um really looking forward to that I, wow i find that i am not so much a, a stan as the kids say about mcu as i have been in previous years i'm not watching all the disney plus shows I only recently saw Love and Thunder. Um, yeah, it was, our, yeah, it was fun. I loved like, it. Nah, you know. I loved it. This MCU yeah. phase, 
has been relatively hit and miss, at least for me. It's, However, it's it's like I, this. I, I, it's it's like, it's like yeah, you've it's like you're doing the side missions after you've already beat the game. Yeah, making sure you yeah. get that platinum one hundred percent completion. Anyway, sorry. I might watch She-Hulk to get the platinum one hundred percent completion, if you know what I mean. I uh, will say, this. <laughs> my sister, who happens to be a lawyer yeah. for the United States Air Force, and a garbage human, and a garbage <laughs> human being. Goes, that's her favorite show right now. She goes, it might be because it it relates to what I do, but she goes, I fucking love it. And you know how they said, oh, we're not good at doing legal stuff. That's some of her, her the courtroom shit is some of her favorite stuff. Oh, interesting. So oh, I've that. I've enjoyed She Hulk. Yeah. I've enjoyed She Hulk. The, there's the the most unbelievable thing about She Hulk though, is that uh, um, Tatiana Mosley, who plays you know plays She Hulk, can't find a date. That's the most unbelievable thing oh yeah on that show because no, there's there are far too many eight foot tall green woman fetishes out there for her to be that well, thing no it, right? it's as jen walter she can't find a date oh, gotcha. and i'm like that's a lie that's Quick a question. lie hmm. has the meg the stallion episode aired yep. yet yep. yes okay. megan's in it already I'm pot committed. I'll watch. I'll well, at least Daredevil's get up coming that up too. Episode. So and, and uh, yeah, like Momo says that that is by far her favorite episode. It was a great for episode. Reasons. Okay, it was very funny. Madison's very two ends and a Y, but not where you think. So I'm looking forward to Wakanda forever. Despite this current Marvel phase, not really speaking my language, um, and maybe that's their content. Maybe that's me changing as a human. I am so fucking stoked for Wakanda forever. And I'm stoked to keep deep diving the comic book collection you know, it's, and turning this hobby into an even more enriching thing, supporting yeah, nice. current artists and creators, but then going back and getting fucking slabbed Fantastic Four 20s. You know why I got wow. this? Because George R.R. R. Martin, 15-year-old George R.R. R. Martin wrote into Marvel talking about how much he loved Fantastic Four. And it's what? It's oh, in my weird. hands. So... Wow. I'm not, you know, there's no other big con of the year as much as New York con would be a fucking sick to go to. I don't you have could. anything like that on the horizon. I've got a cool movie with Wakanda forever and I've got a cool hobby that I'm going to keep expanding. Yeah. And, and Morbius just got loaded up to Netflix. Yeah. So, I mean, it's he more saw it, that saw it in theater. All right. I'll watch it again. You saw it in the theater. Yes, sir. Um, it's interesting that you say that about wow. MCU. Just uh, you know, maybe you know it's not for you, or maybe you've grown out of it or changed as a person. You're gonna find this very interesting. I have felt mm. that way about Ninja Turtle comics for at least a year, year and a half. What's happening here? Is this I love the first them. time you're saying this on mic. It's the first time I'm saying this on mic. And Kev, Kevin, close your ears. I'm not saying that they're, I'm not, no, 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 no. I'm not saying that they're been listens to every episode of the show. You know that he does. And it's, it's not a knock on anybody. Like, I'm not saying that they're bad. They're just, I, I, I think. Just getting a little burned out. Maybe there's a, turtles are inundating the culture. That could be it. I I feel like maybe I'm getting a little, a little just, Okay. I'm still going to everywhere. I'm still going to collect. I'm still going to get the issues, but I think I might like take a break from reading for a little while just to let it become fresh in my mind again. If that makes sense. And it's, would you say you're going to let it go? 
He's cracking himself up, folks. Wow. That's all. That's all I. That's uh, I, I should have censored that. I should have censored that. That was a wow. Um. Wow. Yeah. I don't know. There man. it is. I don't there know. It is. I don't know if it's just like I'm outgrowing it or it's not bad by any means. It just is. It, it hasn't necessarily been for me, and that's not. Think about this too. Uh, you, you, you are always redlining it. Any new turtles content that comes, you jump on how many hundreds of hours did we put into shredders revenge? A lot. You know, you're redlining it, man. Sometimes you might need to take a foot off the gas. Yeah. Now, can I throw this out there? Maybe, maybe turtles needs to shake up something similar to like body count back in the day, which was way different way out there. Way weird. Maybe maybe uh, turtles need something like that. Maybe. What a missed opportunity, by the way, that we're at a con with Eastman and um, Beasley. Who? Simon Beasley. Beasley. Simon Beasley. And, and you didn't have a copy of body count. To get a body count double signed. What's going on? Yeah, and they probably would have signed it for like free too. That's a crazy yeah. thing, especially yeah. Beasley. Yeah. Especially for you. Yeah, but again, again, I'm not the guy who comes on and talks about how I hate stuff and how I think stuff sucks because I I don't like to bring negativity out there. Like if I don't like something, I just I'm not going to talk about it and I don't not like it. It's not bad. It's not poor quality. It's not like I'm not saying it's bad writing or art or anything like that, but um, (laughs) just I don't know, man. I think I just maybe it could use a shakeup. Maybe Tad's right. Maybe we need a body count too. You know? Yeah, we'd be cut. I don't know. I'm in. Cool. Unfortunately, the last Ronin didn't put the wind in the sails the way we were all thinking it might. It did. You know what? Though? It did. Uh, it made the New York Times bestsellers list, which is kind of amazing. Yeah, the graphic uh, novel. That's a lot of new readers putting it on that New York Times bestsellers list. What about yeah. the vets? What about the old school guys? No, I I yeah. really love the last Ronin. It was all of the delays that like kind of take the wind out of the sails. That's what I mean, kind of. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. It last Ronin kind of fell in that camp where like the Ultimates were. I don't know if you guys remember when that was coming out. Ultimates are I love like the six, Ultimates. It, but it would be like six months in between an issue for those first two big, you yeah. know, volume one, volume two. Yeah, and so it ended up where like people just waited till it got collected, and would get the graphic novel and like. I think the GN sold the mate like way better than the actual issues. Yeah. Um, it's a great story. But, Don't get me wrong. Yeah. 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 But yeah. All right. Uh, I, I don't know. Did you guys, do you guys, I know everybody's been really busy, so I don't know if anybody has anything for the old reading well tonight. Um, I have one thing in it and it's not that I've been reading it, but I just wanted to share it. And that's the, uh, um, the, uh, deluxe, Weapon X. So Ugh. this is a deluxe, Ugh. oversized hardback, and and Ugh. I and I, I know, I know. Where the fuck did you get that? I like comics, and in when I was down there in Vancouver, and I was getting Weapon Dude. X issues, and they were like, "Did you see this?" And Fantastic. I just looked at it, and it's got original Ugh. art in the back, so it's got like those scanned original yeah. pages, and so I've just been like looking at those pencils, right? Pencil pages, right? And inks. It's inked. Oh. But it's just—they've got a copy of that at Bosco's. It's been rotting on the shelf, you need to like get it. right, 
you it's been there for like four months, just sitting and no one touches it. You need to I'm get probably it. the only I pick it up every time I go there because I'm like, oh man, I need to buy it. Just do it, dude. It's worth it. It's so cool. Oversized. It's obviously the interiors are beautiful, but just having the original scans mm. like is is yeah, chef's kiss. So damn it, I'm gonna go tomorrow and get it then. Hopefully they still got it. Damn. I'm reading I'm reading three things right now. Okay. Um Stan Lee's How to Write Comics the Marvel Way. That is, it, oh, it's really nice. It it doesn't read like a textbook. It almost reads like a memoir. And then he's always looking at at scripts and and art and whatnot from Image and Boom and DC and all kind of stuff. What is that, Bry? This is writers on, writers on comic script writing. So it's a bunch of different comic writers who talk about script writing, how to write comic scripts. So. Oh, cool. Yeah, I see Gaiman. I see McFarlane. Yep. Peter David. Yep. Frank nice. Miller, Grant Morrison, Mark Wade, Garth Ennis. Jesus. Yeah. So I'm wow. reading a, a Stan Lee how-to, and that's nice. Uh, I'm reading Mike Allred's Bug Run. So the DC imprint, New yeah. Animal. Young Animal, yeah. excuse yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. does Bug from the New Gods. Bug was featured heavily. And his brother. Yeah. Bug was all, featured all heavily on the Young Justice TV show on uh, on HBO Max. Bug does? Yep. Oh, that rocks. Wow. Um, and then the other night I was laying on the couch all exhausted after a day of work. And uh, I was like, honey, will you bring me the Nintendo Switch, please? <laughs> and she came and she sat down the hardback copy of Trevor Noah's Born a Crime autobiography. So instead of getting to play Nintendo, I had to start reading another book. Oh, darn. <laughs> nice. How is that? It's Trevor Noah's really, a fascinating really guy. It's, He's fascinating. I'm I'm a chapter and a half in, and it is it is exactly that. It's fascinating. Hmm. Because he grew up, didn't he grow up in, the, was he South Africa? In South Africa, Cape, just Cape Town? Just on the end of apartheid. Hmm. Wow. Like he was there in Cape Town, right? Yeah, I think he was in Johannesburg. Uh, as like a four-year-old when Mandela's getting released from prison, something like that. Oh shit! Oh wow! Wow! So, wow. an autobiography, a, a comic-related type of autobiography, and a comic. <laughs> That's awesome. Cool. I'm gonna be uh, the stick in the mud. I'm gonna read shit. Uh, sorry. That's I got a bunch right. of new scripts. What are you first. reading? What's a bookmark in, but you haven't pulled open lately? Oh, I'm reading Fire on the Mountain by Edward Abbey. I've been picking at that here and there. I don't know if anybody's familiar with old, mm -hmm. old abs. Can't say I am, but I'm familiar with Fire on the Mountain, the wing restaurant here That's in Portland, which, you know. That we'll place is great. It's down. probably named after. So Edward Abbey was a Vietnam vet who ended up writing about the American Southwest uh, post uh, Vietnam. And he worked out there as everything from like a park ranger to just kind of bag a van, you know, just like bumming around. Um, but he became a very successful writer writer and, uh, Fire on the Mountain is about when, during the Cold War, when the United States How government to perfect was going wings. around. That's what it's about. How to perfect wings. <laughs> no. <laughs> Lies. It's about when the United States government was going around, and it's a fictional story, um, and was uh, basically offering ranchers who were, you know, they were second or third generation ranchers. Uh, so this is all they knew how to do. 
um, was basically offering them big chunk chunks of money because they were doing uh, test flights and like you know like uh, test flights dropping nukes, testing nukes out there in the Nevada desert. That it was a reality. So they're gobbling up all this this rancher's land, kind of like you know Area 51 region sort mm-hmm. of thing, which. Nothing to do with aliens, but that's where, like, you know, the SR-71 and all the stealth shit that was all tested out there back in the day. And so, anyways, it's about a kid who he's out there. He's in, I think he's from New York, but he's out there with his grandfather, and they're, uh, the government's been, like, for the last, you know, two years, like, hey, you're the only one who hasn't sold. Like, we need this land now. And so... It's I'm at the I'm really at the end where it's escalated, where basically the federales have showed up and it's kind of a comedy. But then like, you know, grandson, granddad and then um, best friend who's like the ranch hand. He's like the ranch guy who works with who lives there with with grandpa. They're basically taking on kind of the federal government saying, fuck you, we're not leaving this land. And, um, and so they're being like chased off. So right now they're like on the run on their like hundreds of thousands of acres of desert, just riding around trying to, um, and they did some like great parallels. Like this kid keeps having to run in. There's a, uh, there's a, what's it called back, back in those days, a lion, some mm-hmm. mountain lion, puma, cougar, whatever you want to call it. That's been fucking with the herd, you know, going after, uh, some of the, the calves and, uh, they originally in the beginning of the book, they were kind of like hunting it because, you know, like you can't have something like that. And the, the grandson who's kind of the main character. He had like a run in with it. Like a, you know, I don't know if any of you have ever been face to face with a mountain lion in the wild, but it's I fucking not. terrifying. I can imagine. It, yeah. It's only happened to me. I think what twice. And it was one of those where it was like, Oh, especially when you're a kid, you know, you're like 14 and you're just like trying not to piss yourself. Uh, yeah. You torn apart by an apex predator. Yeah. And the reality is like, you know, they don't really fuck with you, but it's still, you're looking at a lion, you know, like this is, this is, yeah, this is, this is the tip of the spear in terms of North American predators. Uh, it, yeah. But anyways, it's a great book. I think if you, it has a lot of undertones of like, I guess the constant American anger Mm -hmm. with, the things our government does and tell, says that it is the like is for the good of the nation, but it comes at the cost of, you know, the uh, the the common man, and that's kind of been one of the I'd say the narratives of the 20th century in America, you know. Um, I mean, even now, like look at like global like or global warming, right? It's like this huge thing they're initiating, like all this stuff. Really, like it comes down to us, you know, as the people. Like these companies are still going to be generating the same kind of levels of pollution and shit that they're doing, but like you and I are gonna at some point in the next 15 years gonna have to convert to electric and all that kind of shit. And so it kind of, even though it's an older book, I think it came out in like '76, it still plays true to a lot of those things that the common American man, whether you're liberal or um conservative or whatever background is all thing there's things there that everyone can relate to a little bit and that's why edward abbey has he's got he's become kind of the voice of the desert mm. um like you go to like the american southwest like new mexico even utah arizona he's uh, his books are on shelves and like gas stations and shit you can find them but uh yeah if you if anybody's interested i would highly recommend the monkey wrench gang it is uh the book he's most famous for and it's probably like my favorite book ever written or for me, for me, for my, yeah, but it's fantastic. Yeah. Monkey rich gang, Matt, you would dig it. It's 
it's it's fun. I'll put on the library list right now. Damn. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. Uh, but I haven't really read that much. Just picking up that. Are you sure you weren't reading it earlier today? Because you just described <laughs> it pretty vividly, <laughs> yeah. my guy. No, no. It, that's Edward Abbey, man. He's one of those guys. He's kind of got that Steinbeckian where like – Okay. Yeah, he really paints a vivid picture. I haven't picked the book up in like probably a month. Wow. It's just sitting got there. Monkey Wrench Gang in the queue right now, baby. Dude, get, yeah. And if you really want to get crazy, he wrote a sequel called uh, George Washington Hey Duke Lives. Hey Duke Lives. Uh, hey Duke Lives. Fucking awesome. Yeah. Brian, you dig those books too. I'll check them out for sure. Reader. Yeah. Um, I am a power reader. That is true. Um, and I think he's. Especially with your military background, I think there's things that we've talked about that the Monkey Wrench Gang really like hints on. I think that you would, uh, I think you'd dig it, man. Okay. Yeah, Hey Duke is an ex Green Beret, apparently. Sweet. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was my dad's favorite fictional character. That's how I found out about. There we go. Through my dad, he's like, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's right. I'm gonna do that. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway. All right, so though it's getting late, so if there aren't any objections, I am going to try not to flub taking us home. Would you please? All right, pressure's on. Big the pressure guy. Would you is please? on. I will please. I, and you know what, Tiger Cubs out there, would you please go to our Substack page, bluetigerrevenge.substack.com, because that is where you need to go. Uh, subscribe. It's free. Um, to get notifications of every time we post a new episode, every time a new page of Operation Blue comes out. That is the home of Blue Tiger Revenge. It's, uh, you know, one of the great things that I love about Substack and specifically our Substack page is that we don't just post the episodes. Like, we do, like, really cool write-ups. We'll post pictures of, you know, work, you know, for any, you know, any of our creator guests that come on the show. We'll post uh, pages and work and links so you can actually see the stuff that they're doing. Um, you can listen and then you can click on the link to check out what actually they have going on. Um, and so it's just a more interactive way for us to connect with uh, – you know, all of you tiger cubs across the world, you know, so subscribe to it, share it out. Uh, let's make, you know, blue tiger revenge. We're already worldwide, but, uh, you know, Pitbull, we're coming for you, Mr. International. Like we're, we're going to be, you know, uh, solar system wide, galaxy wide, universal right. wide, you know, uh, the intellectual dark web, comic book podcasting, uh, it's here to stay. Um, we're taking over the deep state. They don't know what to do. They're so afraid of the truth bombs that we drop on this podcast that sometimes they try and sabotage us. Um, so anytime you hear of, you know, maybe we dropped an episode, maybe there's some technical difficulties. It's actually not Tad's shitty Alaskan internet. It's the, <laughs> it's the deep state coming in full, coming in hard, just, you know, doing everything they hey, can man, to sabotage. I'm over here by the old Nike base. I, they say it's shut down, but you know, it's not, it's not, you know, it's not. You know it's not. You don't know what they have going on over there. Yeah, um, you got it's Eric Trump in there with his deep state helmet on, hacking your shit. Yeah, it, it, he it, as we record, I don't know how he got a schedule. I think he's probably in our phones too. You know, it's just syncing up with our with our texts. Um, well, he heard about the latest pages of Operation Blue, and he knows he's he might be featured in. He one might of them, be so featured in one pissed. of them. Yeah, that's a good. That's a solid point. That is a solid. Point. And then uh, you know, my cousin, my partner, my guy, Maddie K. Uh thanks for coming on, man. 
Oh, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. I'm just so glad that you guys are just wrangling that man thing together, just holding it down. <laughs> you know, it's just awesome. You know, this this is a guy who just loves tiger milk so much. He says he's vegan, but he loves tiger milk so much that he wrote us. He, he did a song about it. So. It's, so it's, the, it's the only time he breaks his oath is for the tiger milk. <laughs> so I do oh want you, you milk suckling tiger cubs. What a weird thing to have evolved in this podcast. We all way. suckle from the same team. I want man. the cubs to share the sub stack and go retweet the Hawaiian shirt picture and all that. But I am, no longer on social media. I haven't been for over a year and I am better for it. So yeah, if you Twitter. want to find Maddie K, you got to come down to the mats. You got to come to Runecraft Muay Thai. You got to send me a letter in the mail or, or call me on the landline because I, I that's the only way you're going to find me. No plugs. Boom. There it is. And that yeah. is all I have, Tad. Do you have anything else? I got a little bit. All right. This coming weekend, folks, if you happen to be in beautiful, beautiful Boise, Idaho, head on over to the Boise Zoo for BCAF. That's right. The Boise Arts and Comics Festival, because uh, you can get your hands on an exclusive limited printing of the first issue of Pelts illustrated by. That's right. That's right. The Milkman. The milkman himself just dropping fresh milk. And there's, I think there's only about 200 copies. So, uh, see if you can get a, get your, your greasy little Cheeto fingered paws all over it. And if you do, if you do happen to get one, uh, make sure you get on Twitter, uh, at blue tiger pod, make sure you tag us on Instagram at blue tiger revenge. You know, take it, take it, right. take a picture of it, man. Let's see. Like subscribe, turn on notifications, all that stuff. We have to beg everything for on social media, all that, please, all that crap. You have to please. stop the deep state. This is, this is how That's we right. stop the deep state. So, um, listen, listen, like you want to stop them from eating the babies. You got to subscribe to blue tiger. It's the only way you're going to do it. <laughs> Oh my oh, God! And with that, I'm all out of tiger milk. Brian, take us home. I guess hit the music. Yeah, that's right. Hit the music. Hit the music forever. <laughs> <laughs>